0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napselle. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And this is Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. Episode 209, The Path to Positivity. Yeah, we're going to go behind the scenes to really kind of figure out how uh, Joseph and I and, and Jennifer and Spirit kind of came to be this positive Star Wars podcast, Joseph, because that's that's kind of a brand now.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and mean, there's certainly other uh, Star Wars uh podcasts out there yep. who are who try to follow the uh the path of positivity and yep. uh in their own way as well and and uh it's it's been a great experience and I'm looking forward to digging in. We're going to dive into our Personal testimonies to
1: Star Wars, <laughs> positive Star Wars fans. Before we get into all that and the news, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audio book download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, wherever we'll Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. been a busy time, per usual, for the both of us, but you had a, a lot of a lot of fun on the road, local road, but road. <laughs> so I don't know if you have had any Star Wars Life Adventures, or Star Wars does seem to pop up everywhere,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely did. I had a busy week getting ready, and then this uh, weekend I was at a Doctor Who convention called Gallifrey One, which is in Los Angeles. It's right by the airport. Uh, but uh it was great to see so many of my friends from all over the country, but strangely, I mostly talked with my friends who also live in Los <laughs> Angeles who are also staying at that hotel. Because it is not fun to drive to the airport no. two times a day for three days or four days. So, yeah. yeah, I, I spent a, a lot of time uh, hanging out with a great uh, Star Wars comic book author, Jody Hauser, and just having fun. Jody is a, a friend uh, and did some live comedy shows with uh, Riley Silverman, who is a great uh, comedian, friend of mine, fan of Star Wars and Doctor Who. She writes for Nerdist right now. and Has written some right. great uh, Star Wars uh, articles as well. Yeah, so Gallifrey one huge Doctor Who convention. It's fascinating because there are lots of over- overlaps with Doctor Who mm. and uh, Star Wars, both in uh, you know actual characters and character actors. Uh, Michael Sheard, uh, oh, famously yeah. uh, Bosk's costume coming from an episode, uh, the Tenth Planet of Doctor Who. There's so it's so fun because both star Wars and doctor who have very similar hearts. They have very mm. similar messages about hope and kindness are important. And fear is what keeps us away from those things. Mm. And then they're both just very weird and fun on top. Right. Yeah, you could yeah. strip star Wars and doctor who away and you could create some compelling family dramas. Mm. But the point is like, yeah, on the doctor who side, but we like that the doctor who, who, it can regenerate and flies around in a British police box that people only <laughs> remember because it's the TARDIS now. And, yeah, yeah. and, you know, on the Star Wars side of it, it's the you know, wizards with the laser swords yeah. and the weird aliens. And they both got the weird aliens. So they're so similar in spirit. Mm. And, you know, I walk into that convention. It's unique because there'll be some incredibly obscure classic series, Doctor Who cosplay. And yes. then they'll just be. Um, Person with the Darth Vader (laughs) t-shirt Who (laughs) who likes both Uh, So yeah, so I ran into Several people who are fans of Force Center Fans of Schmodown uh, And also big Doctor Who fans So they're there for that Uh, And I moderated a Star Wars panel There's always a Star Wars panel At Gallifrey One And this one was called The Newer Hope And was kind of focused on Well, uh, Skywalker Saga's wrapping up What's next And that was really fun Mm. Lots of people with lots of different perspectives I was really uh, happy that I got to moderate it. And everybody on the panel, it's interesting that this is the topic that, that you came up with for mm. this week uh, the path to positivity, because everybody came from vastly different perspectives. Sure. And I kind of asked people just like, let's start with what do you like in Star Wars? Why do you like Star Wars? And people liked it for very different reasons. Right. But everybody was really on board with just like, let's talk about what's next and what's fun and what we're excited about, mm. not what we hate yeah you know yeah. <laughs> and like there was this uh older woman on the panel who was like i'm i haven't actually been on many panels before and you know so thank you for moderating it because i you know it, it, i felt you know included in that and it's like oh she's just the woman who has organized the charity lineups uh at the Groman's chinese oh, for wow. all of the prequels and wow. all of the sequel trilogy movies so, like Oh, that wow. perspective there are some other uh, great star wars podcasters uh, the author daniel keys moran mm. who uh, wrote the some of the tales of the bounty hunter boba fett stories oh nice yeah yeah uh, there's a, another uh, gentleman who's written a book about kind of some of the early behind the scenes mm. of star wars the early publicity machinery of oh, star nice. wars uh, so all of the jody was on that panel as well so all these different perspectives and everybody you know, just really being positive about the parts that they like and the parts that they were excited about, so that was really cool. Keeping in the spirit of both shows, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other thing that for Star Wars Adventure that occurred to me while I was at doc, this Doctor Who convention is there, we talk a lot about having lots of interests in yeah. limited amount of time, yeah. and Gallifrey One has really become my time to be like, for a couple weeks as I prepare for it in there, I have a legitimate reason to give doctor who (laughs) yeah a big percentage of my time yep and just you know have all my childhood memories and i spent a bunch of time in the dealer's room looking at books and action figures and just totally nerding out while also like performing and doing things and just having that experience uh reminded me again to just be happy for Four center because it is this external thing that it's not that i don't want to read Every Star Wars book and every Star Wars comic. But it's nice to have this external reason Mm -hmm. and to have all of our kind listeners who have built up so I can feel really validated in. (laughs) This is the amount of time I am choosing to spend in Star Wars uh, and feel validated in that that, that community and that reason other than my own personal desire. To be here is just uh, it's it's a thing that I need to remember to celebrate.
1: I I feel that yeah I've I've been doing the cram session on the Clone Wars you know just watching as many episodes and if you listen to our Clone Wars Report show we just did the Padme episode sometimes you can hear me kind of rumbling through my head of like yeah yeah what what episode what what episode was that because there's so many and I've been jumping around but at one point I remember this weekend uh, uh, Grace uh, said something like hey we need to go and I was like hold on I'm working I'm working (laughs) we're just watching Clone Wars I'm working I'm working Uh, studying Padme so. So uh, I know what you mean. Where you just—it's it's good to have a reason to get into something you love. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to get too busy.
2: Yeah, get distracted. Yeah, instead of spending quality time with Pat. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, for me, kind of boring, kind of boring. But I did have two big Star Wars adventures. Uh, one, I was uh, doing the normal. Uh, well, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, <laughs> Were you going to lie to us? <sighs> no, nah, I was just—I I, I won't say too much. I wanted to go out Saturday. I had a long day schmodown tape. Okay, all right um and I, I sometimes if i have a long enough day i want to keep it going and just go hit the town yeah and the force was at work because grace was like she ah, not feeling it maybe we could stay home and she doesn't have a problem with me going out but there's some nights where you're like hey just you got to kind of invest yeah in your house your home your relationship Absolutely. and i was like all right it's grumpy i chose the dark <laughs> side all right and one i was i was setting up some light bulbs so we got that we got that alexa now that oh. you could just say, Alexa, we're going to bed. Oh, All okay. the power in the house goes off.
2: Right. You got a. a so I feel
1: like Uncle Owen. Luke, I got to shut the power down.
2: <laughs> you got a helpful AI yes, for now. For now. <laughs> Until it turns into I've a I've tried to have AI. conversations <laughs> with it to see how far <laughs> it goes. So there's a,
1: you get a couple sentences, sentences in where you're like, uh-oh. Alexa, do you resent me? <laughs> yeah. It's it's an it's, it's, it's interesting journey. Um, but anyways, as long i sure this is the force at work. Uh, I went to plug one of these in. Noticed there was a weird sparking sound, and my internet uh, modem cable chewed, ripped, we don't know, sparking. Ooh. We have a house built in 1920.
2: Yeah. Sparks aren't good. The, yeah, there's the, the trees nearby. Trees, oh, man. wood paneling, a lot
1: of things going on, so the force led me to that moment. It, the force, we always say, gives you, it takes you to a point of destiny, and you must choose where to go next. Yes. I was like, I'm glad this happened. So anyways, I had to run to one of those late night, good thing, target still open runs to yeah. pick something. And I was kind of mad, kind of, uh, I can't believe it. I'm scared. Is the house going to burn down, you know? And I saw the new uh, Zori Bliss mini Lego <laughs> set. And I went, I'm buying that for myself. <laughs>
2: uh, the force led you. Force Who are you to, to deny to you your destiny?
1: To so that was fun. I'm not going to necessarily build it, but I, I, yes, and I am aware. The, the, the Zori Bliss six-inch uh, black series is p- perhaps on the way. Uh, the other final thing for me is I fell for... A clip going around the internet uh one of our friends of the show kevin sent me a, a sent me a link to this video of baby yoda on battlefront 2 oh yes now i know that people are skilled enough to do their own little mods and uh, put create some of this stuff i just saw it and i went ah! and i ran out of my office and into the living room and grace was like what's going on i go i think they're headed battlefront to yoda Battlefront ah baby yoda <laughs> And I signed up. I logged in. I haven't been to Battlefront 2 in a while. And I was like, oh, someone made Baby Yoda on their own. Yeah, they turned the BB-8.
2: Yeah. Oh. So then I sat and played a couple missions. (laughs) It's so good. Man, I, I we I guess we have to start a Battlefront 2 specific podcast yeah, I, think so we can I can justify the hours I would like to give yeah. that game. man. but so the yeah, the I, I got
1: to be BB uh, ninety. Ooh, you went evil. Yeah, it didn't go well. It didn't go well for me. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even you you asked me off air. What does BB ninety do? I don't know.
2: He <laughs> rolls around and dies. You, didn't, you didn't get a chance <laughs> to hit them buttons. Yeah, it just did not go well for me. I know BB-8 whacks ankles with yeah. the cord, so... Yeah, yeah, I was like, this
1: is fun, I'm dead.
2: So uh, we'll try that
1: again. Anyways, that is my Star Wars life adventures this I, week. I have
2: an important question about yeah. the Zori Bliss uh, but, Lego. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mini, I know the figure is, is Zori Bliss, but what does she come with? Did she come with the Y-Wing? It's a mini Y-Wing, yeah. It's a, so a yeah. mini yeah. Y-Wing, they have not the, a full white wing Well, because they have the big set which I'd love
1: to have. It's like $92. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's like $69.99. I love Lego. I've grown up on Lego. Lego is always uh, priced not to go because uh, there's they got a lot of the new classic trilogy sets. Ooh. And also they got the Revenge of the Sith Anakin Obi-Wan set. Oh, and, damn. And in my day, they'd be like what I would have considered $15 to $20 sets. They're like going for like $40. 40. Okay. And uh you know, I'm not driving a Porsche to work here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I got I got to count the ducats and uh there is uh Obi-Wan's hut is one of the newer sets.
2: Oh, really? And it has a little uh, a little Leia hologram. A little Leia. Oh man! One and, uh, the uh, yeah, three PO with his uh, eyes turned off? Like, sir. <laughs> for behind the scenes reasons, may I? <laughs> I need sleepy three PO <laughs> yeah. in uh, Kenobi's hut. So,
1: uh, so the minifig set the little mini uh, Y wing, and she'll sit on top. And and I collect a lot of the first and second series of those minifigs, uh, mini rides. So, uh, got me a Zori Lego minifig now. Oh, yeah. that's so great! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah! She can yell about the sky trash. Absolutely. Uh, you want to go with me? All right. Do you want to go with me to news? Let's do it. Star Wars news is next. Here we have got. Uh, it's it's a weird quiet season. We know. So next week we got um, Project Luminous stuff coming. We yeah. know that's going to be on the docket. Uh, I think this morning, uh, as the episode was released yesterday when we recorded, uh, the, the, the Rise of Skywalker novelization had a little expert re- exit release. Yeah. I missed that. You yeah, read it.
2: I did. I read yeah. it and I liked it. Okay. I'm excited. It's the uh, going to be the same sort of... Uh, expanded mm. uh, like Last Jedi novelization was, okay. and it had some juicy details that I've already seen memed. Ooh. I'm not going to say anything because I want to yeah. let people, people read it, but yes, there is a okay. detail that I, it's a little small character detail that Ooh. is something I have been wanting Ooh. since the uh, since celebration. Ooh. Since in Star Wars Celebration last year.
1: Setting off sirens in your heart. <laughs> uh, that book? So we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But here's the news for us this week. Headline reads, Diego Luna talks Cassian's uh, series production. That's right. ET Online ran a story, a little interview with Diego Luna uh, talking about the Rogue One prequel series. And uh, the big news is he says the series is, quote, happening and it starts shooting next year. Who knows, maybe Sharon sets with (laughs) Obi-Wan. And he is, quote, getting ready. Uh, Goes on to say the challenge of telling a story where you know the ending is really cool. He's read some scripts but knows, quote, very little of what's in store. So uh, diving into this here, I'm glad to hear even something. Uh, We'd heard a lot less about the Cassian series. Tony Gilroy on board at one point. We know Alan Tudyk on board. And that's kind of it. And then there's been some rumors of oh it's on high as oh there's problems and 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 obviously we know rumors are rumors but like hey, these are some of those rumors i've been hearing on the street so to speak <laughs> and i like i was comforted by this story yeah
2: yeah the the first thought that when i saw this story is thank goodness so many star wars actors are in other projects so they can be <laughs> grabbed at the red carpets <laughs> to give us <laughs> crucial star wars news yeah
1: that's very true
2: <laughs> Uh, yeah, you? I'm I'm yep. excited about it, and I like what he's saying. He, you know, he compares. He says the challenge of Rogue One is, you know, what happens in the yep. end. You know how a New Hope begins. Mm-hmm. The, you know, end of Rogue One in some ways is revealed in the crawl. They get the plans, yeah, and and Leia has them, but the fun is how. And I, I really like that it, it is a way to think about stories. Is we yeah. can get caught up in the what, but a lot of times the how is where the real character depth where the themes where the actual meaning comes from
1: diving into that a little bit here i i understand sometimes not just in star wars but in m- movies or any tv too, prequel series a lot of people push back on that well we know how it ends and, and i well i understand where that comes from and understand because it can be done wrong you can tell me a story that well i know where it ends and you didn't tell it right to get yeah. there <laughs> uh prequel series and kind of have that burden but i don't know to me that's kind of Every story, because I don't, I generally, generally speaking, I go into every movie thinking the good guys will win. Yeah. (laughs) Unless it's the second chapter of a movie franchise. (laughs) So I'm like, how do I get there? That's to me, that's every story. Yeah. So I like that they're addressing it. And there's a fun challenge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much there. This is it's such rich territory with if it is this going to be him, you know, meeting and uh, reprogramming K2SO. The details of that story are rich. It's in a time period where you could meet lots of characters that uh, we're interested in from Solo and from the yeah. prequel trilogy, from the original trilogy. And, you know, for me, just mm. continue excitement about a tense spy story in Star Wars. It's definitely what we want here. What, what, are, what are your expectations for the series right now? Again, we
1: haven't haven't got a lot. Tony Gilroy coming on board temper excites me and tempers my expectations for some of the details in the plot but where
2: where are you at now with this series yeah i'm still really excited uh about i had reason to rewatch some of the cassian scenes uh right after they leave leave edu and he's sort of Mm -hmm. fighting with jen and the famous you know i've been in this fight since i was six years old and i haven't had the luxury to choose Mm -hmm. when and where i want to fight just so excited about this story of someone who it has absolutely no doubt in the justice of the big picture cause, mm. but is continually having to do small perhaps to him unjust acts in yeah. service of the greater larger absolutely can't be avoided fight in mm. the amount of moral tension that can be played there, but also just like the real life. Absolute spy thriller Mm. of I'm, I'm really hoping for like kind of Battlestar Galactica or Breaking Bad level tension. Oh, right. Where you get a character into a situation where Mm. you see Cassian has this relationship with this character, but in order to get his mission, he has to do something awful to that character or is stuck between two things or, or, you could build up how much the empire is everywhere and he's a spy. You know, if we get to see him spying on Coruscant and we already know, like the level of tension of there's nowhere friendly. You're, you're dead. If that trooper comes around the corner, that level of cliffhanger spy tension for the morality of it, but also just for the, how the hell are Walt and Jesse going to get out of that one? Yeah. But, for Star Wars, but for Star Wars,
1: yeah, hmm,
2: yeah. that's juicy. I
1: like it. I'm all on board. I mean, you, you know, this time period, uh, the rebellion, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I want more of those. When I talk about the Tony Gilroy, Gilroy coming on board and changing a little bit, uh, tempering my expectations, only because he's so open about I don't watch Star Wars, yeah, I don't care about Star Wars, I just care about the story. So, I know, I no doubt he's going to give me a good story because I do believe his work in Rogue One made that movie what it is to a lot of people, yeah. Not, no shade on Gareth Edwards, just. That's what Tony Gilroy did. But he came in after a lot of things were established. So, and I know, again, there's a showrunner, the showrunner, I forget the name, but from the Americans. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so, if they, case of what, if they want to pull in Infant's Nest again, that's something I'd love to see. I don't know if I'm going to see. I could see someone going, hey, this is what we're going to do here. We're going to pull in the character of Infant's Nest. I could see someone like Tony Gilroy, if he has something to say early on in the process, just be like, I need this character. You mean like Infant's Nest? I don't know what that is.
2: Yeah, I'll yeah, take, yeah. I, I need a young, other uh, rebellion leader <laughs> who maybe does things slightly differently than Cassian. Yeah. Like, in some like, yeah, Infant's Nest, just, she's from this movie. Here you go. So, if he can take the suggestions, and again, this is me
1: going maybe probably too far into the weeds of my own expectations. But I've had that thought a few times. Just like for myself, I got to make sure this isn't the dream meeting of Cassian andor Infant's Nest and Saga that I want, <laughs> you know, that it might be something completely different. Small scale, spy story, action story.
2: I think the great thing that I'm taking from what you're saying is I think the uh, creators, you know, the showrunner, Tony Gilroy, the people working on it are leading from a going to lead from a character perspective. And if it makes sense for Saw or Enfys Nest to show up, they will. And not from a perspective of. Th- these are the people that we want to show up. So we're going to make it work. Yeah. That's but rather a- it's coming from what is absolutely needed. If you strip yeah. some of the star Wars canon away and what is just Cassian story. And then having some people come in and rebuild that cannon back up based yeah. on what Cassian needs—that's That's awesome. Comforting way to look at it. And I, <laughs> and I choose to follow your path. Uh, headline
1: confirmed: Kevin Kiner is returning for Clone Wars. All right, so this is this is no surprise. Uh, I don't think that. I Imagine a scenario where he wouldn't, and he would be and they're cruel if he probably had already even been. Press releases or rumors or just people assuming that turned into news stories. But this is official. It's good to have it official. Uh, Kiner is back. uh, Probably already done a lot of the work, though. Scoring happens a lot later in the process in terms of other production stuff. Um, So here I want to go. Oh, I want to go with this because, again, not surprised. I I love Kevin Kiner's work. I love it in Rebels even more than Clone Wars. I think Rebels is really where the spotlight was like, oh, that's the guy, right? What's his name, Kevin? (laughs) Even though a lot of us knew the name before. I think for some people. Kiner's work specifically in Clone Wars did have to grow on them. Uh, And I want to talk to you about that. Your first, how did you take his work and and the
2: reworking of the, of the theme? Yeah. It can be jarring. Oh yeah. I was jarred. I was very jarred in the theater, 2008, seeing the Clone Wars movie. Yeah. Because without the context of seeing the rest of the series, it just, it sounded like what I would expect if, Somebody didn't have the rights to the actual Star Wars <laughs> yeah. music. That's the way it sounded to me in the theater in 2008. Now that I've watched the series, now that I yeah. love the series, I've totally changed mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. I appreciate that it isn't the triumph of A New Hope of the Skywalker saga. It's dark and conflicted and a yeah. little bit more drums in a certain way, a oh, little yeah. bit more uh, or a little bit more sense of like that sort of militaristic. Yeah. Buh, 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 what's going to happen? Totally, Next, yeah. you know and i appreciate that it's different for a reason yeah sitting in that theater that first time and this goes why even even mm. for yourself mm. you know different points of view from different times for different reasons yeah challenge then love it now totally right there with you i
1: did not see it in the theater uh but watching it at home cartoon network it was like <laughs> okay <laughs> sure. <laughs> who They want me to watch Star Wars on the small screen, and this is what I get. Yeah. And now every time it pops up, I am one of those don't skip intro people. No. On, on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever I'm watching it on, and one of the reasons is I just love that score. Yeah. Love that main title. Um. And all through it again, I think Rebels, the death of Kanan. He really shines and everything uh, in Rebels. But Clone Wars, you feel it, you see it when you watch the series again.
2: Yeah. You know what I really appreciated was uh, doing uh, some rewatches of those Padme episodes for Mm -hmm. the episode of Clone Wars Report we did. Uh, There's an episode where uh, Padme and Ahsoka go to Alderaan, Mm -hmm. uh, assassin, and as their ship is landing, there's bits of Leia's theme Mm -hmm. to really connect you to, hey, remember... Bale, remember that Bale and Padme yeah. had a relationship. It's not random that this is where Leia is from. Glad you brought that up, because that just
1: I mentioned in the clones report, I, I got sucked into watching the, the the Yoda episode at the end of season six, which yeah. for a long time was the end of the Clone Wars, right? You yeah. Know, end of the series to us. Uh, yeah, the way he brings the Yoda's theme, too. Similar thing. Just, it's it's so well done. Yeah. The wonder of Yoda Yoda's mu- music. I'm... I, I, Definitely, it's on my agenda to watch uh, the episode Assassin before, (laughs) because it's been so long since I done that one. Um, Final question, this comes up a lot. I think we've even discussed it, but now that this is official, final word, do you think Kiner would ever get a Star Wars movie? I really
2: hope so. Yeah. I, I I would well I I would uh, hope so I would assume he wants. I think one. we both want would want him to. I'm sure he wants one. I yet, would assume right. he wants one. Yeah. yeah, you know it's it's so hard to tell. There are so many different parts of the business, mm. and I think unfortunately when you peel the layers, there can be people really get put in boxes in different yeah. industries and this kind of actor can do this kind of work. And the industry thinks this kind of comedian can do this work. And, well, you're a host, but you're not an actor. You're a comedian, but you're not Mm -hmm. a, you know, all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And I don't know this side of the industry. I really hope it's not something of, like, you've done the small screen. Yeah. So you're a small screen composer. I hope there is a world where he is not being put in a yeah. box because he has done great star Wars work and, and his work deserves to be heard, uh, in a big live action movie. And
1: specifically animated, which is still, I mean, animated uh, animation writers aren't even allowed in the union. If it's date, if it's considered like daytime animation.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: you know, it's, it's a weird, so yeah, it, you know, uh, Ludwig, uh, Gornsson comes in and does a Mandalorian. So you think that might open up doors? It, it might, it might be one of the things we. You know, I I remember when Alec Baldwin got cast in 30 Rock and I was like, what? Yeah. A movie star has come to TV? (laughs) And it happened before, but it was one of the first and, and that worked so well for him. And then now you see it everywhere. So an animated TV show music composer might have an even tougher time. Yeah. But in terms of Star Wars... It's like you just want sometimes to have him look down the hall and be like, he's right there. Yeah. <laughs> he's right there. <laughs> just give him a call. We yeah. have his number. Yeah. Uh, so good to have Kevin Kiner back. Final story of the day. This is a little uh, little uh, news blip. I, I, classif- uh, I classify it as a rumor except for where it was eventually confirmed. So w- a WWE star uh, looks to be appearing in Mandalorian season two. And that star is Sasha Banks. Uh, a former WWE Women's Champion, uh wrestler, she, at the time of this recording, kind of dealing with some injuries, as she always does, actually. She's been around, been around a few years, one of the leaders of the women's revolution in the WWE, and she was, was reported to film a scene or two for Mandalorian, a my uh, days, kind of ran with that lighter. Uh, he he works really hard to confirm news before it reports. Okay, it's, it's reported that's his his uh, edict for pro wrestling cheat, So it's not wild, and so they kind of confirmed the report. Ooh which makes it interesting. So no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, Sasha Banks in uh, in The Mandalorian is just potentially one of those weird, wonderful cameos. And I think season one had a lot of those fun, interesting, offbeat cameos. Even, uh, you know, Werner Herzog is, I wouldn't call him a cameo. <laughs> major character. Uh, it's still just, crazy to think that that happened and yeah. happened the way it did so again no spoilers to those who who are out in the uk and haven't uh, listened um joseph do you have based off of this i'll get your thoughts on this too by the way i don't want to oh, yeah. assume you don't have thoughts on sasha banks and, <laughs> and mandalorian but what are you some also i want to know some of your dream cameos you'd like in season two
2: yeah so yeah the the cameos uh, i think are one of the fun things to discuss on the mandalorian get different people's reactions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think when i think of cameos i kind of want other actors to appear because there's some cameos where people aren't really in you know uh the traditional acting world which is fine but sometimes it it can be distracting i don't want to put people in a box yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but sometimes Uh, but my mind goes to actors i think because i just went to this doctor who convention i was thinking of doctor who actors that i would love to see pop up in star wars even if it was a small role so i would love uh peter capaldi who is uh, The twelfth Doctor. Yeah. Uh, he's got he's a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just got this great energy and intensity yeah. and an amazing wit. And he's Scottish. And that all of that would be fun to throw in. Like he he would be a great uh uh middle aged bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would be a great uh, other uh, imperial or uh, mm-hmm. kind of remnant type. So I would like that. Uh, Frank Oz. Oh, yeah. Because he was great in Knives Out. Yes, he was. Just as himself. No Muppets in sight. <laughs> <laughs> and he was great. Uh, obviously, he's done lots of stuff. It'd be really cool to see him pop up oh, that's uh, interesting. in The Mandalorian. And then my last one, because there are some in, in the first season that are like, what? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of like, what's a what? Like, Lady Gaga.
1: <laughs> Give me that.
2: It would be Distracting because it would be distracting but I'm she's lady gaga but she's she's got herself an acting career too <laughs> but I, I really like her i think she's That'd awesome that would be a strange like what tell me something mando <laughs> yeah i, uh, I would just love want to that. take one more look at you lady gaga in star wars <laughs>
1: <laughs> i would love that <laughs> that would be great um my list of uh caveos, i'm trying to think of like all right Favreau definitely seemed to pull from people he's either worked with or he's fans of or they made him laugh at parties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I am interested in, uh, I was thinking, uh, Sean Astin. Ooh, yeah. They worked oh, together on yeah. Rudy way back in the day. Okay. And we've already seen one hobbit in Star Wars. Beaumont Ken's Dominic Monahan's, uh character. Uh, give me Sean Aston. I right. think it would work in The Mandalorian as just some... Earnest blue collar man of the galaxy, helping oh, Mando along the way.
2: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He's and, yeah. you know Sean Astin also always seems to be in roles where he is in some kind of turmoil that he maybe doesn't quite deserve. <laughs>
1: deserve yes. <laughs> so I think some, <laughs> thinks should do.
2: Somebody's got to have a bounty story. on him for something that he should be in a yeah. story about somebody who has a bounty on him and he truly didn't do it. It's That's interesting. Totally just mistaken identity. Well, I could take that. Somebody who looks like Sean Astin. Yeah, owes somebody money. And here come all the bounty hunters.
1: I love that. Come on. And then I was thinking for weird comedian types uh, not that they are weird, but just offbeat choices. Amy Sedaris being one uh, in in, uh, Mando one season one. I want Bruce McCullough from Kids in the Hall. Oh good God, yes. Uh Bruce doing some kind of weird it could even be under a mask, a character, an alien or something like that, just doing some kind of offbeat character. He, he you know, Kids in the Hall are are I'm just a huge fan of the Kids in the Hall, very yeah. influential in my comedic life. And McCullough's just a special breed of of
2: kooky that i love yeah he's so special in a great way i just love to see him uh, that would be great uh, yeah. the kids in the hall are great and i've been lucky to meet many members bruce yeah, mccauley yeah. interacted with very briefly yeah. uh backstage at a san francisco sketchfest show oh, where he was wrapping up his show and i was uh, coming in to do mine and i was just like hello I, you know i didn't <laughs> i didn't want to bother hello. I wasn't gonna you know ask for an autograph or anything like that yeah. so Just like hello and he's like we know each other That's a good McCullough. (laughs) You just did the McCullough (laughs) head bob. (laughs) And and it was just a real friendly, like, we've met before, right? And I was like... I don't think so, but, you know, I really yeah. appreciate your work. And he's like, oh, OK, well, I see. I've, I feel like I've seen you around before. Have a great show. A great show. Bye. <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. He um, was such a sweetheart.
1: That's uh, I mean, you, know, you could put any one of the kids. I've, I've yeah. only uh, met and interacted with Dave Foley a few times with some of our mutual friends. I know yeah. you've worked with Dave a lot. Uh, I almost ran over Kevin McDonald on Melrose <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin McDonald popped out to like cross the street. And stopped, and I was like driving to the groundlings, and I was like, oh, I almost hit a kid. Um, it would have been good. Um, Move to Hollywood. So that, hit your friends. <laughs> hit your heroes. Hit your heroes. I almost, true story, almost ran over Andy Dick. And Andy <laughs> Dick, it, it was so close, he actually, his hands were on the hood of my car, because he ran across La Brea, shirtless and shorts, I guess exercising. I can't assume with him. Yeah. And Andy- I almost hit
2: him. Yeah, Andy Dick almost knocked me over at Trader Joe's once.
1: (laughs) He's always on the move. There you go. Always (laughs) running. Uh, My final cameo. I would love. uh, I would love if he directed. Ooh, that's been out there. But I want to see Ryan Johnson in Mandalorian season two. Oh, now we all know he had a cameo in Rogue One. You know, as a Death Star gunner. But to actually have him be maybe a trollish. A-hole of a character
2: <laughs> that yells, <laughs> stuff at Mandalorian. I can see that. I can see that.
1: And then the internet would explode. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a good list. It's <laughs> <That's> a good <laughs> list. Look at us. Cast uh, in Mando season two. And then come back for our other show, Kids in the Hall Center. We go through <laughs> memories of Kids in the Hall. Uh, that is a look at the news for this week. Again, more things coming next week. We might, Joseph, we might have an altered release schedule for the show based off Project Luminous. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to lock tuned. in the details. Yeah, we're in the details for that. So, uh, news is almost out of here. We're going to take a quick break in a bit. But before we do, we're going to do a 4 center recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us.
2: Yeah, and this one has been getting talked about a lot on that uh, Gallifrey One panel. This is one of the books that was mm-hmm. on everybody's mind, and it's uh, the next chapter is coming out soon. So, we are recommending Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. We enjoyed the heck out of that, and we have a big, long review to prove it. So, we suggest you listen to Alphabet Squadron, then listen listen to our review
1: do that indeed and to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash four center again that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audiobook all right we're gonna take a quick break reset when we do we're gonna talk about our personal path to positivity
0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: And we are back here on Force Center. Thank you for uh, being with us here today. Uh, Joseph, this is its going to be a different kind of discussion. Well, I mean, it's not going to be different. It's going to be about us talking about loving Star Wars. <laughs> uh, we've been diving deep into Rise of Skywalker, taking a lot of looks at that. We'll return to that. There's still so much uh, to dig into across all Star Wars stories. But we're going to have a discussion today. We're calling it the Path to Positivity. With, Without a doubt, uh, you, me, uh, Jennifer... Four Center as a whole, any of our guests that come in, are considered to be a positive source in the Star Wars discussion world, a positive podcast, like you mentioned up top, a lot of other podcasts out there. We don't have the market cornered on positivity, <laughs> uh, but it's it's a reputation we have. Um, I'm going to start here. This is uh, off the beaten path a little bit. We certainly didn't come to a uh, group decision. No, It wasn't like uh, we were forming this thing went like, and remember... <laughs> only be positive. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of naturally all come to that p-
2: place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, back in the day when we first met when you were doing Jedi Alliance, yeah. uh you used the word celebrate a lot. Yeah. Um And then when I took over uh, doing that show on YouTube for a while with uh, Mark Donica, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know, when when guests would come in, I'd be like, yeah, this has been the tradition of the show and this is the spirit of the show. It's fine if you don't like something, but hey, our our listeners or viewers on YouTube at the time uh, have a lot of different opinions. So you can say you don't like something, but don't just spend a lot of time (laughs) ranting, being angry or like, you know, it it had become for uh, fans of a certain age. It was like saying hello. It was like saying, "Do you like a glass of water?" To say, "Of course, the prequels are crap," yeah. you know, and to just say it is this like just thrown-off thing. And I yeah. think, you know, for me, I've naturally always celebrated Star Wars, but I think uh, Jedi Alliance kind of being a path towards us uh, creating yep. Force Center. Yep. Just coming from that perspective of like, oh yeah, there are fans from every different perspective. So yeah, uh, yeah I celebrate my stuff, but let's if we're going to be negative let's just be calm and honest about it yeah calm and honest <laughs> i like that and
1: we miss jennifer every week uh, her perspective is tremendously valuable uh i would you know uh, love to have had jennifer here for this one she'll be back uh shortly don't you all worry but you know when i first knew of jennifer landa i'd watch youtube videos and one of them was um uh, burn in a Jar Jar figure. And <laughs> by the time I met her, she had grown. She had changed. Her her first child changed her view on Star Wars. Uh, so by the time we found her, it was like, she too had that, like, yeah, no, I've been there. I'm part of that generation, but it didn't get me where I wanted to be as human <laughs> uh, in terms of just... Any kind of malice in your heart towards some of this stuff and also trying to understand. And when you have someone else in your life, a little kid who might be along the way looking out at something you love and from a different perspective, I think we all just kind of naturally came to this spot. Right. By the way, check out Jennifer's. Instagram feed, probably, maybe on Facebook, too. Uh, the video of her her daughter, her first daughter, uh, opening <laughs> opening up the Padme action figure <laughs> from Phantom
2: Menace. It was a good for me to confront my fear of opening action figures. I, I texted Jennifer, I go, I can't watch. <laughs> I can't watch. <laughs> I saw just the picture. I don't, I, I, I'm going to need to get into a certain place to watch the video. It's tough. It's tough.
1: Anyways, I just want to start from that point, because that's part of our story, is we started this the, this podcast in 2015. Yeah. It didn't, being positive celebratory, but being positive had a different meaning. It wasn't something I think we would advertise or focus on. It was just us being us. Yeah. And that has changed as Star Wars has rolled on. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you this first. What does it mean to you being a positive Star Wars fan in
2: 2020? Yeah. Because things have changed. Yeah. I think for me, it's a couple of things. I think it is, uh, Focusing on the parts of Star Wars that I love, which Mm -hmm. I I think maybe that's always been the celebration of, you know, even if you have parts that you don't like, you can always, you know, uh, sing louder about the parts that you do than the parts that you don't. I think that's a part of it. I I think really finding uh, just comfort, inspiration from the the themes. Mm -hmm. uh, That's, I think that my reaction to the rise of Skywalker of, yes, yeah, I can criticize it. I can see other people's points, but that it was so much about the power of hope and the power of mm. standing up to darkness and the mm. power of found family. And and I've been getting a lot of positivity from thinking about how can I apply these actual ideas to my real life in a, yeah. in a healthy way that makes me feel happier. And going even to the example of, talking about people of our age who had problems with the prequels. Mm. And you, you just said in this turn of phrase about, you know, growing up and having a kid and seeing it from a different perspective, but also just like, well, I've been mad for 20 years. Yeah. What did it get me? Yeah. Why would I pass that on to a child? Yeah. Why would I have a child and go, this is Luke Skywalker. We love him. This is Jar Jar Binks. We hate him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't even hate Jar Jar anymore, but just, yeah. I think like there's just, there's so much about Star Wars that, is about do you choose the light mm. or do you choose the dark and the philosophy of Star Wars whether you kind of agree with it in a real world or uh, yeah. sense or not the philosophy in the movies is eventually anger just hollows you out it's yeah. not you can maybe transform it to taking action mm. but if you just sit in a yeah. place of anger it doesn't do anything but eat at you and make you more angry. Yeah. Like I get again. I, you know, I'll give the caveat of it. If, if you decide to take positive action, not in an angry way, if something makes you angry and then you say, I want to go out and make a difference. So I'm going to think sure. logically yeah. about how to go make a positive difference. I get that anger can be a catalyst yeah. toward change, but in this sort of dark side way that it's presented, mm. like just being mad about star Wars feels so like the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah, that there's that risk of that if that anger doesn't catalyze into productive action or discussion or change Mm. that is coming from a more light side place. If you're just doing in that anger, then it just it feels like what has the sad fate that befalls some of the characters (laughs) in in Star Wars. So, yeah. uh, So I think um, acknowledging anger without giving into it would be another way that I would define being positive in in star wars in 2020
1: that flows very nicely into what it means to me right now uh starting jedi alliance with Maud garrett Maud and i came from different generations to star wars uh she was a special edition kid and i was the original trilogy kid and so that had its own yeah she's like those are, that was my 1997 was my first time in the theater and so that right away was like oh Oh great, because I, I have some qualms with that, but also yeah. I enjoyed those because I was there too about s- three showings the first day of New Hope. <laughs> um, so coming to that point of celebrating just kind of meant this, like, yeah, we love this, right? We love this, right? And I think as each year, I've that question mark has gotten bigger. We love, we this, love right? this, right? Right. <laughs> and so what it means in 2020 for me is, especially as, as Skywalker saga closed and us looking forward to new stories that we know nothing about, or how's it going to work without Luke around or Leia or Han? It's like you said. It's choosing to 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 stick around something that uh, that that feeds your soul, that entertains you. Even if you just want to watch Star Wars on the pew 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 level. Yeah. If 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 it really burns you, and you are. And the conversations I've had with some people, are like, yeah, just yeah, I didn't. The sequel trilogy didn't grab me. There's power in letting go. Yeah. And to be able to walk away and not be invested in things that you life can go a different direction for you uh there's things i don't watch as much or uh, you know um things i'm not invested in as much because they just it it didn't it stopped fulfilling me it's not for me anymore yeah and for star wars now in 2020 to be like no this still fills my soul up with joy insights lessons uh, occasional pain <laughs> but i'm here for it and i we all in 2020 should not have to continue to force ourselves to be here for something that's not helping you or or that is hurt worse hurting you yeah and so that's where i'm right now as a star wars fan that and makes a lot of sense and each again each year <laughs> 2015 right 2016 Right? <laughs> 2017. Why are you still here?
2: Yeah. 2018 <laughs> 18. and then 2019 yeah. uh, all and I started asking again.
1: that of different people <laughs> in 2019.
2: <laughs> uh, why are you still here?
1: Um, again, we'll talk more about the different sides of, of being a Star Wars fan, which can include digging into it, questioning it, laughing at it, with it, all those kind of things. It's all part of that. But the big picture is that. So you, you mentioned uh, some of the stuff... Uh, you know the themes, and 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 if you're a Star Wars fan out there, it's kind of just discovering Force Center uh, the last couple of months, like hey, following Joseph Scrimshaw down a path of Star Wars themes is a good path to take. <laughs> a lot of our positivity, Joseph, seems to grow out of trying to understand Star Wars on a deeper level, of trying to look beyond. The pew, 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 but
2: still appreciating oh, the yeah. pew, 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 pew is uh, part of
1: why we're here. <laughs> so I, I want to go back here. Uh, do, do you remember an early moment in your fandom where uh, digging in deeper helped your joy of Star Wars or that particular
2: moment where you were like, ah, I'm on to something that means more to me? Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of came in in levels. I would say like right. You know, when I was in my early 20s and a lot of my Star Wars joy was just uh, rewatching the mm. original trilogy on kind of crappy VHS yeah. again and again and really connecting to the character's pain in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. And probably even earlier in, in in my teens being able to feel that what does it what does it mean to be afraid that you're gonna lose all the people you care about and thinking about what does it mean to not just crave action and adventure but that there's there's something better about being Mm -hmm. calm and and wise and I think that was probably like my very first like where it's just sort of like I wasn't necessarily being super analytical but it was really emotionally affecting me I think on the more analytical level it got to be a, a point where I just thought a lot about Luke throwing down his blade. And I mean, it, it, you see it as a kid and you understand, Oh, he, yeah. real, he realizes that violence is bad. He realizes that yeah. if he kills his dad, he'll just be, become like his dad. Great. Yeah. But then you start to put that into the context of what that means for what this whole arc is about. What this uh, whole story is about, particularly what is that about uh, for a hero from the 80s and growing up Mm -hmm. in that era where strength is strength, strength is muscles and violence, which there was a lot of that conditioning in in society, I think. A hundred percent. And realizing, oh, wow, some of what maybe made me think the way I do Mm. is this thin little guy yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> not bulging with muscles yeah who says there's no point in fighting i will get no victory from fighting you right now mm. uh and there was a particular moment in like in the in the 20, 20 uh, teens particularly with that mm. where I, I had a person i knew who really liked making the luke is whiny joke right, L- right. luke sucks han is awesome and mm. and at first it was a as we're kind of at conventions or whatever. And it's just a fun. Sure. who you Han person, Luke person. And it, it and then I tried to engage them of like, I'm really interested in this. Cause you know, if he's whiny, it's only because it's, he's human and he's, he's actually a great hero and here's why. And like, mm. and the person didn't want to engage me at all. Yeah. And they wanted to stay at this very, <laughs> yeah. very surface level mm. in, uh, of star Wars. And, that that was one of the things I thought about a lot when we started doing Force Center of I wanted a place to truly engage because I felt mm. like my interactions about Star Wars had got to uh, fun stuff but yeah. comedy sketches about how stormtroopers can't hit anything who's right. better Luke yeah. or Han here's a, a, another funny joke about uh, sibling kissing and great and it's me too I've made those jokes a thousand yeah, times yeah. there's nothing wrong with them but it just got to be that it's almost like this just sort of unexamined comfort food. Whereas yeah. to me it's like, it's not just a comfort food. It's an exotic spicy meal. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, can't stop comparing star Wars to food. I guess I'm always hungry it's, when we're doing the podcast. It's, it is. It so is time wanting to dig into mm. those things. Uh, I think really affected me thinking of wanting to spend more time thinking about it on a thematic level. And then yeah, certainly with, with the prequels, yeah yeah i definitely. think uh, the connecting from the prequels a, a, attachment is a threat to anakin but a gift to luke and all of the star wars poetry and i'm not even gonna make fun of it because at yeah. this point yeah, yep it's a funny quote but i do like the poetry yeah and just as that as a starting point mm. for anakin it's a threat for luke it's a strength mm. why how do they talk to each other? Yeah. That's like one of the main mm. thematic things that, that really got me to that point of like, all right, I'm, I'm done mm. apologizing for the prequels. I really like what's going on. They yeah. really have power. That's
1: So, yeah, as expected, it's a wide range of ages and yeah. parts parts of your life. Yeah. Um, and you, the way you talked about too, yeah. At some point, we all take Star Wars in on, on the surface, even if you really, really, really love it. You, do, it's it's the jokes and this and that. And again, we're we are definitely going to talk about making fun of and laughing with Star Wars. It's I think it's very important and sometimes forgotten, even by even by me. But yeah, as a kid, you know, and then I think you start finding things along the way i think it wasn't until my mid-20s and you know by this point star wars is something i love it's something i collect and oh my gosh the figures are back and oh my gosh the movies are back my mid-20s at 20 21 years of age wanting to be part of a bigger world yeah the twin sun scene becomes something that was as Lucas intended. I'm not deep or an individual, unique individual in this moment. Yeah. But to actually be in that part of my life going, oh, there's a whole world out there and I can't get to it. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is really something beyond just me in my backyard being a biker scout on a palm tree. Right. This is about life. <laughs> this is about life. Uh, and, and that pulled me in. And again, I've told you, I am a Han guy. So I am a hon guy. So what, what drove me to it. And it's interesting. I think, I think fate led me to Han (laughs) in the sense of, I just was a Han guy because of the surface reasons initially in the eighties. He is kind of the cooler dude. Yeah, He is, you know, he, he, you know, gets the girl, if that's something you're interested in during that time period. And believe me, I was with Leia. Back in the day, that was a debate. That was thing. And then also like, I want, okay, I want, I want Leia. I want the cool ship. And, (laughs) but as I got older, I started to connect with him and his bigger purpose and why he ran away and it's great he comes back but but who is he why yeah an empire i'm obsessed with a lot of the stuff in empire uh about him still running away after he blows up the dust star but it's years later that starts filling in and and i think force awakens han all sudden and i i mean we're talking 30 years of a han guy yeah force awakens on i was like oh that's oh god that's me <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's power but so that we can talk more about that but i do want to talk about f- this this is going to come up for me a lot in my story phantom menace had the disappointment had the sinking feeling in my stomach had the some things are very different and then after about the second or third viewing i had a conversation I, I know i've mentioned this at times in on force center but i had a conversation with a then roommate who i'd moved to la with he was about four years older than me and we had a, a huge. He, me, and my other roommates and him had a huge falling out. We weren't. He was getting ready to move out by this okay. point. Move back to back to our hometown. It was not a. It was a tension filled <laughs> living situation. So a lot of us weren't talking to him. We all went and saw Phantom Menace, and this. Like after my, after my second, third view. he was a. He was getting his master's degree at sea son at the time. He was a history buff. Um, a really, really offbeat, quirky, but insightful guy. Really intelligent guy, and he sat. Down he's and and my roommates are doing the God that sucked thing and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and I kind of enjoyed some of the stuff. But yeah. again, there's enough in Phantom Menace for you to be like, no, no, you're right about that. Yeah, you're out here Jar Jar blah the kid blah blah blah. He goes, well, here's here's where I think it was based off, and he told, and I don't know the details. So if you're a history buff out there right now, you might be like, oh, okay, and here's the. He told us a story of, you know, the United Kingdom, the British Empire, going down to, to South uh, um, South Africa and some of the wars with some of the natives there. And, and he's just laying out this stuff. And it's beat for beat story. Whether George intended that or not, to this day, I won't really know. You yeah. Know?
2: I mean, I, I think the, some of the Trade Federation as, you know, the East India Tea Company, you know, that, that, I, of I think all a- that stuff is is boiling in there.
1: Bo- it's boiling up, right? George, we as we said, George has some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> But the point is, we're sitting around our little dining room table, and he's telling me this, and I'm like, wow, yeah, it's all there. Oh, my God. And so I then spent the next three or four viewings. I remember a conversation at my aunt and uncle's house, and they were like, oh, we hear it's not that good. I was like, no, let me tell you why it's good. (laughs) And I laid out the history of it. Again, time has passed. The details are out of my brain. But And I was like, yeah, and then I allowed that feeling to go away, Yeah, and I allowed everyone else to pound it out of me. Yeah. And I would still go back to that moment of like, I was right on the cusp of a deeper <laughs> understanding and pulled back. Yeah. So that's part of my journey too.
2: Yeah. It's hard. It, it, and it's, it's hard to, I think that's part of the reason why we're maybe having this conversation now yeah. in 2020, mm-hmm. it can be hard to stay positive when you are hearing a, a chorus mm-hmm. of negativity. Yeah. It makes you question, your own reaction, and and that's the next thing I want to kind of discuss. Is do you do you when do you first remember
1: when someone else's negative views of Star Wars affected yours, or you let you let it kind of affect your view of something, maybe something specific in Star Wars or Star Wars
2: overall? Yeah, do you
1: have a moment where you're like, yeah, you're right, Luke is whiny, <laughs> uh, <didn't> walk away. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I grew up so much with, uh, you know, the original trilogy being something that I, you know, was experiencing with uh, my older brother and mm-hmm. with a couple of friends. But, I, I mean, I remember even back in the day and talked a little bit more about Ewoks of, like, the the first part of Return of the Jedi is so cool, seeing yeah. Luke get to be a full-fledged Jedi. And, and I mean, again, I, I, I apologize for the creaks of my old man rocking chair, mm-hmm. but... Just seeing Boba Fett's jetpack actually work. I know that shot <laughs> looks like you know the easiest thing to accomplish in 2020. But yeah. back in the day, he flew. He flew. His jetpack worked. Uh, so cool. And then the, you know, and then they're teddy bears. And that I I can't dissect how much. I think that was just culture that I don't remember ever talking to anyone growing up. You know, there wasn't an internet to get a consensus. I don't remember ever talking to anyone who didn't feel that way, yeah. that the Ewoks were too cute right. and not as cool as the stuff at, at mm. Jabba's palace. So I I think some of my things that have changed or have grown out of were were in unison with the people around me. The first moment I remembered having to deal with other people being negative about yeah. Star Wars was both during the uh, the special edition. Yep. I had a good friend whose boyfriend thought, the Imperial March sucked wow. that it was a bad derivative song. Okay. Like I get that it yes it has ins- <laughs> inspirations taken from other classical musicians. Uh, yeah. I get that. But just having to cope with you can it was like the cartoon mm. somebody said something bad about your mother or father on the playground in nerd rage. You're like yeah. you can't say that. You're like, <laughs> I you know like I it was just like a shock <laughs> to my system that right. somebody Said that, yeah, yeah. thought that, and had the gall to say that out loud to me. Uh, and then in the screening of A New Hope, which I think, I mm. think it was, I think that that guy was there, so I was aware that he might be critical. Mm. There's the moment where Vader senses Obi Wan right. uh, on the Death Star and turns quickly. Never in my entire life had I seen or thought about that moment is mm. comedic, but sitting there with that audience, he's like, I sense something I haven't sensed in a long time. And then just turns immediately and everyone laughed.
1: Yeah. And
2: I, and I can pull at this point I was doing comedy. I I can pull back and get like, Oh yes, that is a comedic beat because it's a contrast between the depth of his musing and how quickly he turns. (laughs) Uh, but at the time I was just like, I wanted to like stand up and scream, shut up. It's not <laughs> funny. It's <laughs> Darth Vader sensing his old master. Don't yeah. you can't you get into the romance of it, the drama, the tragedy? Like you're just laughing because he he turned around too quick. You, like and uh yeah. it was it was one of the first times that I was faced with mm. people being kind of like too cool for Star Wars in it as a mass cultural thing. Yep. And realizing that, ooh, I've been in my bubble just mm. having my opinions and just Enjoying this mm. and going, well, yeah, it's it's weird on the surface. In there are moments that are clunky, but it's Star Wars. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's excellent examples of just kind of
1: this, like the first time you hear, like, how dare you? <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> Don't you say that about Darth Vader? There's specific examples along the way. Special editions are definitely that. Um, I tell you, even as late as Last Jedi. While I'm working through my feelings of it, I'm looking around at some of my friends who are working through their feelings too, and some people work through them both fast, which is fine and acceptable. But also, it's pretty finite in their mind. Yeah, <laughs> I've reached the end of my opinions, and this is it. <laughs> and that can dampen. When sometimes I just want to roll up my sleeves and talk about it. Luke's death is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know. Yeah. So that dampened me at first, and I had to. And the question, and this is why the, part of this is 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 comes from a spot of following rise of skywalker i've heard a lot of oh ken but you're just positive uh but you guys at force center i wish i could be as positive as you guys but i just can't yeah but it, yeah. i understand the movie you guys are just positive and and it, it, there's been some condescension thrown at my way our way as a show that that um i don't want to go this is me not going down the dark side to fight yeah <laughs> no necessary rage here <laughs> yes to understand and, and maybe have the audience but also myself understand where this comes from so i had to with last jet i had to really ask myself did i like it and the answer was yes. And sometimes the answer might be no, but the answer was yes. But the first time I remembered it was at high school. Um, you know, that's you come out of junior high, the, the world's kind of rolling out in front of you. But yeah. I go to high school, and one of my good friends from junior high, but in high school, he was a big Star Trek guy. And this is the old Star Trek Star Wars battle. And that's fun. That's cheeky. That's yeah. great. But he was pretty. Okay. Like, no. Nope. He, was, he was ride or Here's die. Here's And Here's why. Here's why you are <laughs> Little movie with the little toys at the end of Return of the Jedi sucks. Uh, you only have three movies, by the way. We already have six. Undiscovered Country had come out. Um, we have two series. We are bigger and better than you. <laughs> um, I, grew, I actually like uh, uh, Next Generation. Uh, I think uh, uh, Picard's a great character. Like, uh, yeah. I I haven't watched the Picard series yet because I don't have all access, but I'm like, oh, I think I'd be invested just because I like the character. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. You'd Gr- enjoy it. Yeah. Grumpy old man. Yeah. Um. But that was the first time that he would throw some things at me that I'd be like, um, 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 oh, he's Oh, he's right. Return of the Jedi sucks. <laughs> oh, you're right. Luke is whiny. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And that was the first time I remember. You have to really know what you like. Yeah. And Not be prepared to defend it, but
2: like you can't be pushed off that hill. <laughs> yeah. Know? I think, you know, it, for my journey with the prequels, it was a little bit of that just allowing myself to like it you know, and I I think I mentioned relatively recently Mm. or maybe it was drunk on Mark Riley's. uh, (laughs) That's fair. We all eventually will be drunk on on Riley's cantina. Yeah. Riley's cantina wine and star Wars. But I, I, you know, I made all the prequel jokes, uh, you know, had all the criticisms, had all the talks, uh, you know, and I, I still like them. I still like found myself wanting to watch them and got to that Mm. point of just like telling my friend, they've got lightsabers. And I like them, and yeah. it and just allowing myself to like them without even necessarily being able to like like the way I would now be able to just be like, "No, here is why yeah. Uh, and just being able to allow myself to sit with them
1: mm.
2: you, you know made me made them open up for me, yeah, and maybe be able to see them better just by letting myself like them, and I think that can be a hard thing to do when you've got a lot of a chorus of voices. Yeah. With the thumbs up, thumbs down. It can be hard to just be like, I just want to sit with it for a while. And if my gut emotional reaction is I like this, let me follow why. And maybe it will fall through to like, yeah, from a writing directing standpoint, that was really poor. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, man, I didn't really realize that's what it's saying. And maybe that's not a great thing to say. Like you might end up at a place where you're like, Mm -hmm. I understand that criticism, but I think just allowing yourself to follow whatever that emotion was. And if it was immediate, joy or you know move being emotionally moved letting yourself give yourself time to discover why you felt that following the emotions is 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 a real powerful
1: thing because because again it will lead it will lead you perhaps to the true answer over time i love peter jackson's lord of the rings i don't love the hobbit films and and there's a lot of Technical reasons you couldn't, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a pretty fascinating, frustrating behind-the-scenes story on it, too. of Del Toro's involvement, Jackson not getting the time he needed that when he came back into it, all those kind of things that now I'm more aware of. I had to follow my emotions on that of, I don't think I like this. <laughs> Maybe I do. No, I definitely don't. <laughs> okay, I don't. Yeah. And going, all right, I guess it's just the main trilogy for me, and, and these are not... And Grace and I intend to... Re- I haven't seen the movies years and yeah. we, we intend to rewatch them because maybe maybe i can change my opinion uh so following the emotions i'll tell you what i'll tell you what solo is another example this oh, isn't a recent one but solo goodness gracious yeah watching it and and the lights come up on the theater i'm watching in it and it's a lot of my friends in, in the press world and nope 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 me and mark ellis yes but i had to question myself because there's some things i'm like okay some of it felt small and and I had to follow the emotions, and the emotion every time eventually was joy. Yes, <laughs> go with that. Go with that. Doesn't go with be, the joy. It, but it doesn't mean I don't understand it. You know, some of the you know, I Linda Hunt as Lady Proxima. I'd still wish was just a, uh, a voice. but you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and so, anyways, we've beaten that. Uh, we've beaten that uh, boar before. Here, <laughs> talk about that. Um, on the flip side of that. Has there a, a been a, a real good example in your life where someone else's joy for something in Star Wars or perspective on a moment or, or a character in one of the Star Wars stories has changed your maybe somewhat negative view or, uh, you know,
2: indifferent view? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, a lot of views change over time, but I want to focus in particular on the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. So, again, sometimes I still run into Star Wars fans who are like, what? People didn't like the Ewoks? Yeah, I, I, this is a time changes perspective that was for everyone that I interacted with a an agreement, of course <laughs> an agreement. The, it, it was, it was uh, everybody, it was. everybody knew that the, that the Ewok sucked. And it was a bummer and it wasn't not getting it. Everybody got the idea yeah. of, Oh, it's the empire being, you know, uh, their own hubris is represented yeah. by these creatures. And Lucas even have, you know, references to Vietnam and yeah, yeah got it, got it. I got get it. it. But they're teddy bears and I had Star Wars action figures and I had teddy bears and this feels like slash fiction. Why are they <laughs> teddy bears? Even if they had cat ears, they would be different than just teddy bears. um, mm. You know, in the, like the original Battlefront came out and in, the, in, in one of the mm. features was you could shoot at an Ewok. That was a feature of a Star Wars video game. Yes. That's how that's prevalent right. this was, that that's it was right. that for a generation. Uh, and I would, yeah. I would watch Return of the Jedi on the VHS and it would be the, ah, here we get to the Ewoks. It's too bad there. That's mm. The movie's really cooking. And then too bad. Uh, and Jennifer in particular, and I, I don't want to put yep. words in her mouth, but Jennifer in particular turn me around because mm. I had got to a point where I accepted them and said, I, there's, I'm not going to be angry about mm. this anymore, but I get it and I'll just enjoy them for what they are. The fact that we've had so many conversations with Jennifer where, uh, mm. my understanding is that her love of Ewoks isn't, I came to accept a thing that's subpar. Mm. Her Ewoks are, no, this is the reason I'm here. Yeah. They're not something that needs to be forgiven or accepted or dealt with. Mm. They're the main F event. Yeah. They are the good thing. Mm. And so to be opened up to, I think that's one of many big picture things that made me really want to celebrate different opinions.
1: Yes. Like, yes. Maybe yes. not.
2: I won't agree with them, but I, if you come at me, not telling me what is, what sucks and what's great. But if you tell me why you love something, or why something doesn't work for you, then I get to understand you, and I get to understand it. Yeah. And now, it's just when I see the Ewoks and you know made the murder bear jokes and all that, at this point, like there's there's no negativity. There's no yeah. they're subpar, but I I've come up with a way for myself to accept them. I just love them because I can see through other people's eyes mm-hmm. why they were never a problem and why they were always loved. Yeah it's that's a great example uh and
1: and uh, an example of two of how jennifer's influence has always felt on this show I, I i think i'm right there with you on that too and i had, a, I had a, like a one-two punch I, I wouldn't say it was against ewoks yeah <laughs> i remember once i'm hearing howard stern go off on the ewoks <laughs> and i thought yeah he's not wrong teddy bears and zippers and and you can see their booties and they don't blink oh god fix that george no um uh, Jennifer, who we got to know around the same time that I got to first know Jennifer, I got to know uh, a friend of mine named Madeline Rue, who did uh, write a little short story in the, once a, 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 from a certain point of view, Star yeah. Wars book, the Breha uh, Bale Organa last moment uh, story eclipse. She loves Ewoks, and she loves them from legend standpoint, from the Saturday morning cartoon, from the Ewok movies. Uh, in fact, I often joke with Madeline that she needs to write the Sindel story that's <laughs> new, now canon. I went to her birthday party. At her house, and it was an Ewok themed birthday party. And that's cheeky enough, right? Yeah. And someone came dressed as an Ewok, and it was fun. Yay, you know, body paint, you know, <laughs> little, little Ewok nose painted on. It was great. It's great. But she started, she had Ewok trivia. And this is maybe 2014, 2015. Range. Okay. She had Ewok trivia, and I was learning things I'd never. Heard or had forgotten. For instance, I forgot Walkling was a baby Ewok, oh, but yeah. that was one of the answers, right? But she's talking about the the village command structure, this and that. And a lot <laughs> of it was legend <laughs> stuff, didn't matter. And it was the first time I looked at Ewoks and went, I mean, I, I could also be on the joke of, hey, they ate stormtroopers, so don't take them too lightly. Yeah. Those are other jokes to make. But that's where I became obsessed with uh Chief Chirpa, not just being a reference that I know, but a Leader of a village of Ewoks. Yes. And what does that mean? What does that mean? And then you come meet Jennifer, and that kind of led us to what I also think is part of what we do great at Force Center. Yeah, they're fun little teddy bears, too. But also, if you dig in, uh, how did Chirper get in control? Is Nisa going to take over? Did Wicked take over? Or uh, his son now, is he taking over? As we seen Rise of Skywalker? And if you want, there's an entire story to dig into that brings you great joy.
2: Yeah. Of
1: the, just the story of the Ewoks.
2: Yeah, the power of uh, the tradition of storytelling. Yeah. That by having the... Uh, 3PO having the empathy to... Uh, yeah. uh, the, the, the empathetic action of telling a story, they hear the story and then they understand where our heroes are coming from and they want to be yeah. a part of it. And like, yeah, there's all sorts of great things about the Ewoks yeah. more than anything. It's just that there are so many different ways to love star Wars. Mm. And I would, I would, I'm excited to hear about different ways that people yeah. love star Wars. So I can try loving it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause I grew up focusing on the force and the destiny and the emotions and the drama and, mm. and ha- hearing people who love the creatures and the fun and the whimsy makes yeah. me go, Oh yeah, yeah, I can enjoy that too. It's not an either or. Yeah.
1: And there's been other little examples along the way. I, my cousin, when he was seven, he just turned 28 recently, uh, 1999. is like, that's my favorite Star Wars movie, Phantom Menace. That's the best. And he, he he's kind of a burgeoning filmmaker himself. He might change that opinion now. <laughs> he's not as big a Star Wars fan. But I remember I'm babysitting him and his, and his twin sister. And he's, like, got a camera and we're trying to shoot scenes and edit things. He was this little wonderkin of a filmmaker. He's just like, oh, no, no, Phantom Menace is my favorite one, you know. very Very, matter of fact, just very, like. No, that Jar Jar's great. You know, I'm just like <laughs> that Jar Jar. This is like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand range, where okay. I'm like, sure, kid, sure, kid, and it <laughs> took me years to get past that, but it never left me. Yeah, of oh, this is also, you know, didn't I? I didn't have the big eureka moment of George was trying to do this for new generation, but it's the first time that I I remembered. I got to shut up. I ha- like, literally I have to shut up. <laughs> you can't sit down. I cannot and go, set down the seven year old kid and be like, you're wrong.
2: Here's why farts don't belong in yeah, star Wars yeah. kid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that changed me. I've talked about the, uh, at times there's no specific moment, but I, I don't like a lot of legends. Uh, there's some things I love about it. There's some things I don't, I've had to back off a little bit on that because people can get upset at that rightfully, but specifically the character of Mara Jade is not a character I've, I I liked during the, the Thrawn trilogy, and then I, yeah. I pulled off the character. I didn't think the character was that great. And if I wasn't careful, I'd go off on a monologue on that, given the opportunity. <laughs> or maybe make a joke. Now making a joke on some making a joke about Dash Rendar is a little bit different than rejecting it entirely. But yeah. I, I had to realize at one point I I didn't grow up as a as a a, a not that you just uh um Marjade fans are only female and not genderizing that, but but I didn't grow up as a as a girl in 1995 with only the faint memories of Leia mm-hmm. as a, as a character to gravitate to, and maybe Mon Mothma and 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 the, and the woman that runs away from the stormtroopers as they go to Docking Bay ninety four, you know, in Baru. Like, I didn't grow up like yeah. that. So for them to be like, oh, cool, there's this new character, and she's going toe to toe with Luke, and she's got a lightsaber, and she was wrapped up in the story, and. Like I, that was one of the adult moments. I had to be like, oh, their joy for that and their, and their perspective on that. I definitely need to rethink how I talk about this and how I look at that character. I might
2: never come to a point where I'm a big Mara Jade fan. I don't need to be. Yeah. They need to be. Yeah. And uh, both of your examples are just so much about what was the Star Wars that, that came to you first. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's to me why I want to understand, like, Before somebody wants to tell me uh, if they liked or didn't like *The Rise of Skywalker*, I kind of want to say, like, what was the first Star Wars thing, yeah, yeah. you ever saw? Because then I will understand a little bit more where you're coming from. Yep. So uh, uh, so thank you to anyone out there whose joy, perspective
1: has changed yeah. stars, particularly Jennifer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Do you have a personal low point in your Star Wars fandom? I almost, when I was preparing this, I almost was just like, I think I know his answer, but I want to yeah. ask you. I wanna,
2: yeah. I I, make it, I, it's like make it official canon. Yeah, <laughs> this is official canon. I think I talked about it recently when we started the Clone Wars Report. It was the 2008 Clone Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, which, again, is a celebration of uh, time and perspective changing things people you know we when we've had to you you and i have both rewatched that movie to study specifically for yeah. star wars Down trivia mm. and even now people have been like oh sorry you have to watch that again i love watching it now there's a bunch of stuff that i really enjoy in it now mm. that with ahsoka's re- rich history mm-hmm. it's great to see her yeah. beginnings uh i love the scene of kenobi Buying time by having tea with General Loathsome. Yeah. I love that his name is literally just <laughs> Loathsome. <laughs> you know, the Magnet droids are cool. I, anyway, but when I saw it mm. in the theater in 2008, it was, again, a perspective of the time. I so wanted there to be more Star Wars mm. after uh, Revenge of the Sith. Here's three years later, exactly yeah. by the clock when a Star Wars movie should come out back in yeah. the day when they were, <laughs> That's they right. were three years apart. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was the music as we already talked about in this episode yeah. feeling like, why did they hire a Muzak version of the main theme? And then it felt, I didn't even hate Ahsoka. It just felt like we're revisiting the same beats between Anakin and Obi-Wan that we have in the movies. And there's hmm. Dooku. He's cool, but they can't yeah. do much with his story. Cause eh. and then the just super weird zero thought voice yeah. broke me. I didn't know at the time it was a Truman Capote reference. And right. it felt like, what on <laughs> earth are you doing and why? Yeah. Uh, so and, and for me, it wasn't even like, I hate Star Wars, it's dead. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like, I don't have cable. I'm not going to make Clone Wars a priority. Don't have enough money to collect the action figures yep. right now. So I'll just look at them and target. But I think back at that time in my life, like that was my low point. Mm. I was still writing Star Wars sketches. Yeah, I was still, you know, my wife and I moved a couple times in that. Era of time and our tradition when we move into a new place is we eat a frozen pizza and we watch Empire Strikes back nice and like all those I was still loving Star Wars mm. even at my lowest point, I just disengaged from yeah what modern Star Wars was at that moment first of all, the scrimshaws have cool traditions <laughs> you know, I that. um
1: yeah, I know what you mean. We're just kind of like, did you did you feel? Because my, my follow up is, how did you build build from that low point? And clearly, you view the movie a little different. Now, I, I too, I think there's some great action in the beginning yeah. and and a lot of things there. Um, uh, did you kind of feel like, well, that's a wrap on Star Wars? Yeah, I think I had
2: uh, to, to uh, be Star Wars. Like, I think I had this vague hope, this dream mm-hmm. that crystallized into maybe that clone wars show will turn out really good and i'll go see it sometime which right. happened but the right. really big one of will lucas ever let anybody else make star wars yeah because you know obviously i've changed my mind about some of lucas's uh choices but i was more down on him then yeah yeah as many people were yeah i've yeah, talked yeah. to my friend about the before about my friend who made the t-shirt that says show me uh on the trilogy where G- george hurt you <laughs> Uh, because again, that was just in the geek community, it's not, not funny (laughs) (laughs) in the geek community. It was just sort of accepted. Luke Lucas made these mistakes People versus George Lucas. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for me there, that was the big dream of in his lifetime, would he ever make it? Or I was really thinking on this sad, sad day that George Lucas leaves this earth, what will Mm. be in his will? Yeah. And I always had this like kind of staring at the twin sunsets Mm -hmm. of, will yeah. there be more star Wars ever? And if not, I'll, I'll enjoy what we have, yeah. you know? So when Disney bought it, that was, you know, I was not like, who's the most going to screw it up. I was like, Lucas is, I didn't think, I thought maybe he would do this decades from now and it would be discovered in his will that yeah. he would allow somebody to do this. So that the fact that it is happening now uh, was joyful to me and and I yeah. think, I'm so happy we've got to see other people respect his themes, his ideas Mm. and play in his world. I have witnesses at my old job of me, crying at my desk <laughs> and, and,
1: and not like sad, like, but just like, oh, my boss, Larry, I was, uh, was a retired police officer, but also became an actor. He was, he was, he was in Hollywood stuff. And he I was just like, Larry, Larry, <laughs> they're making new Star Wars. And he was just like, "At 77 picture. He's an older guy. He's in his late seventies. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he never thought, and again, it's interesting that I even use the term wrap up on Star because that's how I felt. And that's actually one of my low points is it's where I was after Sith. I walked out, I, I think I saw Phantom Menace in the theater eight or nine times. I think Ted Clones, I think I may, I may have seen it in the theater five or six times. I saw Revenge of the Sith twice, I think, maybe okay. in the theater. And and even though I was like, yep, that's the best of the three, and had that kind of feeling, it wasn't until, and I've documented some of this of playing the original Battlefront 2 and hearing Padme's ruminations and going, well, that is pretty cool. <laughs> just along the way, up to the point of meeting you and going... Man, I'm secretly putting in Revenge of the Sith in the DVD player. Joseph is not secretly doing it. <laughs> How do I get to that point? Um, but you know, this goes to my the Legends thing. You know, I felt Star Wars was well. That's a wrap on it. Yeah, six movies. Ha, my friend Steve from high school. We almost got to more than Star Trek, uh, and, and, and it'll be in my rearview mirror. I wasn't reading the novels. Didn't like a lot of things I was hearing from the novels or the comics. Um, and again, that's just me deciding. Hey. This is not bringing me joy, this legend stuff, or yeah. what we, we call expanded universe back then. I'm not going to rail against it, but I'm just not going to read it. Um, and so that was a little point to, to like, oh, that was that was fun. And not accepting it and, and not allowing myself to to enjoy. And that a little bit was my resistance against the Clone Wars. Yeah. Not just the movie, because I didn't see it in the theater, but the show. Season one has some things where you're like, they're still trying to find their footing as any season one show. But just having that thought of, no, no, no. I, I said it was done. <laughs> it's done, everybody. It's done. <laughs> no, it's still going. No, nope, it's not. It's done. <laughs> it's done. And then special editions, you know, at times didn't help things going back in the day too. So you're just like, it's done. <laughs> yeah. It's done. And having to build from that and allowing myself to, we're not done and different kinds of stories are going to yeah.
2: come in. But it stayed in your... Life, right? Like you. It was in my life, but you, you know talk I mean? to friends. You, yep. if you've not buy toys, you'd look at the toys, rewatch old, the old like, movies. Right? It
1: never went away. I was still the Star Wars guy in my group of friends. In yeah. fact, famously, uh famously, like there was like thirty people there <laughs> in our group uh when we two thousand ten we were doing live Schmoes No stand up comedy shows. The Schmoes No show we didn't even have a podcast yet. We were doing comedy every. Um, Thursday night at room five, Chris D'Elia was our headliner, all these kind of, it was, we did it every week. Uh, that's where I got to be on stage with Artie Piper. There was one night me and Mark Ellis did a star Wars trivia thing because I, it was like, well, no one can beat Ken on trivia. Mark was like, no one can beat me. I crushed him by the way. <laughs> and then I met, uh, Alex Damon and Joseph Scrimshaw and realized no one can compete with them. Um, so it was definitely in my life, but it was that fun thing that I, I didn't own shirts okay toys were gone i'd sold a lot of them but like jedi alliance is what made me suddenly i need more star wars things in my life okay yeah rebuild the drive was the goal was to wear a new star wars t-shirt every week we did the show i got to like 35 episodes before (laughs) i repeated one um that's where that came from yeah that's insane wow yeah remembering beautiful days where i didn't have storage units full of star wars um to, to move on here um do you recall a, a big moment as a fan? And this could be early on. This could be a recent where you had to remind yourself to choose the light side. And and I think this is, this is important for you and I to talk about because yeah, in in dark moments, Force Center can be accused of, I've, I saw one comment one time that still clearly I haven't forgotten. <laughs> it's been like three years of, well, Ken looks at Star Wars with rose colored glasses. And I wanted to rip through that computer screen. And I wanted to dark side choke <laughs> the person that said that because it was so wrong. Yeah. So, my reason I say that is has there been a moment where you're like all right this I didn't like this let me look at it from let me practice what I preach to people on a podcast yeah. or was it something early on in your fandom
2: uh no i mean i think i've talked a lot about the the parts of, of you know back in the day challenged by uh rogue one i think is a an amazing movie with uh parts of star wars that i would criticize mm-hmm. you know I, the the dad pun Dead joke type yeah. pun of Vader's and choke on your aspirations doesn't uh, work for me. Mm-hmm. I think the second act gets a little bit muddled and the movie could have been even more powerful if we had a little bit more bonding between one the group. more mission. Yeah. yeah, uh, Before they got moment. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in uh, so much is suggested by Churrit and Baze, but just a little bit more. So like I have those things that are, those are legitimate criticisms, mm. but I think because of my experience with the prequels, and even the tiny bit of anger there was about force awakens in comparison to the amount of anger that Mm. came later. I think I was just like, I don't don't, I don't need to love those moments Mm. and I can still love this movie and I can articulate why I don't like them, but it doesn't have to consume me in any way, shape or form. So I think that was like a successful moment for my own. Like it's, I don't have to trick myself or talk myself into liking it i can just go that dad joke doesn't work for me and i kind of like watching it because it's like (laughs) i can ponder it more and uh and just freeing yourself from having to prove that every moment is perfect so i think that was a moment but the thing that i think the biggest thing uh that i've had to really work on myself is the not acting on my anger about other people's anger about the rise of skywalker great answer Um, because I understand people are coming from lots of different points of view on it and it meant a lot to them. Uh, people really wanted to see certain things happen with Ben Solo or have really strong opinions about Abram's style of storytelling. Uh, but over the holidays, I spent a lot of the holidays, Mm. um, really saying I am going to be a Jedi. (laughs) I am going to acknowledge that the anger is here and I am not going to respond in anger on social media the way I want to like to the point of I'm going to write that tweet Mm. and then not send it or even cut and paste it to purge it from your soul a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because my gut reaction was Mm. that movie meant so much to me to see people not just saying, here's why it didn't work for me, but to Mm. see the JJ Abrams is over party. Mm. What a hack. What an idiot. He doesn't know how to make a film. The, way it was communicated want made me want to ignite mm-hmm. my lightsaber and mm-hmm. and attack back mm-hmm. and it was a really good uh exercise in saying you know go take a walk and have that fight in your head and only engage if it will make things better yeah only engage if somebody wants to engage or mm-hmm. if you can you know answer a question or share a different perspective. And I, and I had to do that a couple of times with people posting comments on, on uh, to me directly yes. where I felt like it was appropriate for me to respond and try to say, mm-hmm. I understand why you see it that way, but I disagree. Right. I'm glad you, I'm glad you answered that. Cause I, I my head was going to some
1: specific moments where I had to choose to, well, that, you know, I, I'm on record in early it might be even the first Force in our episode. I, I I did a poster review. They did the Force Awakens post reveal. And I think uh, Christian called in, actually. Yeah, yeah. The first yeah. time, because you and I had a different recording schedule back then. And I think we did bi weekly And so he and I, and, I and, and that's the first time we really kind of saw Starkiller base. And I literally, I've like, if there's a third Death Star, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> I remember that shock as well. Like, be, car- what? be careful of uh, dealing in absolutes, uh, my <laughs> friends. And it happened. And I remember I, I, I had to walk out of the first screen and going, oh, I legitimately loved everything I just saw. Oh, my God. The, the Ray, Ray, Kylo. Ah. Oh, but they did do that. They even had a trench run. <laughs> Yep. X wings in a trench run on a, on a dang, dang. Okay. And a good friend of mine, Scott Mance, who's a Star Trek guy, sometimes lukewarm on Star Wars, admittedly, was like, I can't believe he comes up to me and goes, I can't believe they did that. Like, why did they do that thing at the end? It was another day. It was just, I was safe. And I was like, You're right. You're right. You're right. And I had to walk away and be like, You know what? It, it might have been. And I think now we can analyze why. But back then, I had to be like, You liked a lot of things in this. <laughs> Don't let that
2: throw you off right don't let that be yeah. the one defining thing yeah of they, they committed a star wars sin and therefore all of it is polluted right and especially uh, you know because i put my foot down no no it's
1: not <laughs> gonna be no third star <laughs> so that changed but uh, i i've struggled too we i think we've both talked about it on the show they've posterized the, 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 the of I, i've gone the way of of luke skywalker and have gone to an island and cut myself off from a lot of things it's not going to be uh, hopefully hopefully not permanent uh, I can emerge like a, like a, a groundhog checking for spring uh, to see what's out there. Just because I, I had to walk away uh, unless I ignite the green and kill my nephew. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it
2: was just like,
1: <laughs> I had to, because it wasn't, it was different around the time of the last Jedi. It was people who I thought, I'll say this carefully, not like, Hey, I thought they understood Star Wars. They know they had a different take on it. And like you just said, you have to let that be. And you, I think you have to be secure in yourself and a lot of things in life, which is like, hey, I know who I am and I'm, I'm not going to be pushed off this mountain, even if other people have legitimate reasons yeah. that they don't like the same thing. And there's a lot of legitimate reasons to not like these movies. Um, I had I had to. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you answered that, because that's that's been a big challenge. Yeah. Even in a 2019 going to 2020. Yeah. Like, I'm positive. Girl, I want to kill. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But part of that is, and this is a reminder of myself here, uh, we often say here that part of being a fun fun of being a Star Wars fan is poking fun at Star Wars, a skill often forgotten. Uh, I think it's important. I think it breeds community. I think it breeds, Mm -hmm. it's a shared language. It's a shared, like, I was alone in my room watching this movie on VHS, and that silly moment made me laugh. It made you laugh too and you grew up three states away or across the world. I think it's important. So I want to ask you about some of your favorite uh, Star Wars parodies, your favorite jokes about Star Wars. I know you've written some great ones. Actually, turns out, Knew who you were before I knew you because you had a, a tweet joke, a, a series of original trilogy and tweets type thing yeah. that I had read and enjoyed. Was like that guy's pretty funny.
2: Destiny. Yes. Yeah, that was the uh, the story of New Hope told in by the tweets of the main characters, mm. which I I think was funny at the time. And people yeah. liked it, and now it's extra funny because it is filled with outdated social media stuff from like <laughs> 2011 is when I originally. Yeah wrote it so there's a like a joke about them i think checking in at uh foursquare Ah. uh, at the cantina and like now people be like well i vaguely remember foursquare yeah i mean i uh, you know i i kvetch about the wanting to be done with these stormtroopers uh missing jokes but i remember the first time i made that joke it was at my training for to work at kinko's and i made that joke (laughs) in the <laughs> yeah, and about like you know, how Obi-Wan says they're accurate, and then they never hit another thing, and everybody was like, Oh my god, this is hey, so god. great! Like, but it, you know, it's exactly what you're talking about that moment of community. I think for me right now, there's a bunch of parodies I've, I've enjoyed. Mm. Recently, I really liked that Arrested Development thing that they did with Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. Because I think that got into some of the nuts. Yeah. And it wasn't surface level. It got into the nuts and bolts of what's weird about Star Wars. Yeah. That it is a twisted family drama, just like Arrested Development. But I, this is dumb, but I've been enjoying some memes, honestly. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. I, there's a bunch of funny high ground memes. There's the one about uh, the, the Return of the Jedi fight between mm-hmm. Vader and Luke where vader's like their whole stairs dance like no 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 uh, i I've, i got fooled with that once i'm not attacking you when you got the high ground kid <laughs> uh and i liked all the memes that came out of last jedi about Chewie being like the most awesome stepdad ever yeah like you uh you want me to, to take you to hang out with your dangerous boyfriend all right, I'll drop you off and I'll pick you up when you're done having a dubious date with your dangerous boyfriend. All right. Yeah, just some of those, some of the things that feel like they they rise out of the new movies or comparing mm. the different trilogies kind of naturally yeah. and become like a fun comparison to what's a real-world dynamic that matches in a fun way yeah. with what's in the movies. That, that's the stuff that I'm really enjoying right now. I love that. I uh, love all
1: that. Yeah, joke-wise, I mean, my old stand-up, my current stand-up ends with a Star Wars joke, but my old stand-up ended with a, a, a sucks joke based around Nine Numb. Um, <laughs> just to occasion my breakout. But it was always a fun test because this was – I was doing this in oh five oh six range, right? So this was a fun test to be like – and I'll tell you, now the joke gets like, yes. Back then it was like, I don't understand what you're referring to. What's a Nine num? What's a yeah. character? <laughs> oh, you, oh, you said Return the Jedi. That I got. That I got. So there's a lot of footage I have of me telling the joke – and one person in the corner clapping, <laughs> and me going, <laughs> "All right, it's just me and that guy." And then I have to explain it. Um, times have changed there. Um, parodies. I, I grew up loving Hardware Wars. I uh, yeah. talked about that a lot. Um, that was actually what bonded me and my good friend Joel in high school. It was like we both love Star Wars, but then he made a ham salad reference, and I was like, ooh, ooh. Hardware Wars, Hardware Wars, okay, Augie <laughs> <Auggie laughs> Bendoggy, got it. Um, I do love troops, uh uh by Kevin Rubio had had recently met Kevin for the first real time and awesome. kind of got a little bit behind the scenes story of how he came up to that and kind of had a moment of like he and his friends had seen something like, has no one done this? <laughs> No one's done this. (laughs) We got to do this. We got to do this. Uh, That, uh, you know, Robot Chicken is there. I I do like some of the Family Guy stuff. uh, But to me, uh, the Muppet Babies were some of the early (laughs) ones. Um, The reason I like uh, some of the, you can have fun with it because it's kind of shared jokes. Um, But I'll tell you what, uh, it's kind of forgotten in it. Uh, Clerks. Oh, yeah. I really do think. This so is why I do give Kevin Smith credit for being somewhat of a godfather of nerddom. That's not 100% true, but just like this. That was the first thing, because I was studying film back then and screenwriting, and I wanted to write a Star Wars, but I looked around, and there was a lot of Star Wars fans, but not as many as you think, and I was like, he and that movie, they were talking like me and my friends do. Yes. And I know, again, that's one of those where you think you're a unique individual experience in that, but we all had that shared experience of, what well, what happened to those contractors on the Death Star?
2: Yeah. What happened? They were just doing their job. You know, yeah, is that fair? Yeah. yeah. So that's some of that stuff for me. Yeah. It's a, it was a generational shift. I think yeah. where w- this kind of uh communal discovery of we're not going to talk, stop talking about star Wars. Yes. Because when you're growing up, it's kid stuff. You're supposed to. And for a lot of us, our parents yeah, had their kid stuff and then they stopped and they 100%. talked about gas mileage and mortgages <laughs> and raises and jobs they didn't find, you know, meaning definition mm-hmm. in their command of Star Wars trivia. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you, you weren't going to impress anybody by telling them that, you know, Nine Num is a uh, solace yeah. you know, and I think Clerks represents a, a kind of comedy that's like that. Oh, it's not just me and my yep. friends. We're all going to say, F this. We're not yeah. growing out of Star Wars. Yeah. We're going to keep talking about it,
1: uh, which is my follow up. of just like, uh, how do, how do you feel that breeds that kind of sense of community and positivity? Because I think in making fun of it, it sometimes brings us together in a more positive experience. Because yeah. it's shared, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Because it's shared, and I also think it, poking fun at it or with it is a reflection of what it is. It, it yes. going back to Lucas, he wants it to be funny, and I think sometimes yeah. those of us who can get deep into the canon, even Lucas, I think is sometimes like throw a weirdo in there. Yeah. because that's a part of this is fun a part of this is whimsy i think it's why people are responding to uh cologne mm-hmm. uh or cologne i don't know how to pronounce it yet yeah. the driver in in lando's treadable with the, oh, okay yeah. okay because yeah, that's absolutely. such a lucas moment of like well this movie contains you know the deep touching relationship of uh, Han and <laughs> his uh son ben it contains <laughs> these great themes it could be blah 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 and then it's also got a muppet going okay because <laughs> that's <laughs> A part of the spirit. I giggle every time. Yeah. I remember Lucas uh, talking about how funny he thought it would be to throw just a whole music video in the middle of a Star Wars yeah. movie and how that was his motivation for making that controversial change in Return of the Jedi. Mm. laughing at it reminds us that part of the joy of star Wars is having a sense of humor and a sense of whimsy.
1: Cause that's uh, the whimsy and the, sp- the, the spirit behind a lot of those moments is what star Wars is about. Like you just said. And I think we, we, this is where I, for myself, because I do love to dive in and go, well, here's this moment. And you know, Hans uh, compassion saved the galaxy and important, 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 important stuff. And then it's like star Wars isn't Schindler's List. It isn't 12 years a slave. It's yeah. not. And uh, you know, you're not going to come out of those movies, maybe poking fun at them, but you can have a reverence for them and this and that and what they mean. Star Wars has that to it of this. It's a modern myth that inspires yeah. generations and da, 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 but it, but it's also got silly stuff and you're going to miss that part of it. Yeah. If you don't allow yourself to laugh a little bit. Yeah. And the silly acting at times. And I mean, it, the silly acting has been present it's new hope man (laughs) it's not new no and I love hearing George trying to just I'll say justify uh, that's a little harsh word but just of him going in some of the commentary tracks on the prequels uh, no that that acting's supposed to be like 1930s serial I wanted that I think (laughs) Right or wrong, or if he that's retconning yeah. his own his own directing.
2: There like, is just yeah, there's that there's that tension in the way that he talks about it. It was yeah. like, yes, no, this is based on Joseph uh, Campbell. It's about the myth, it's yeah. about uh, how to become a great human. Uh, I also wanted a movie where an avatar of myself could fly around in space with my dog. It's <laughs> both of those things. It's both of those <laughs> things. So I think that's part of it too. And then yeah, there's nothing greater. It's a
1: little it, I don't know if current generations experience this as much as we did. But there was something really awesome about some stranger making a reference to Dengar. Yeah. And you're across the room going, did you just say Dengar? (laughs) You know of Dengar? You've heard Dengar. I thought he was a myth. A couple of things here left here as we wrap the discussion. Uh, I want to dive into... both. Well, let, let's let's combine these here. The the, the prequels and special editions uh, represent special challenges to to uh, many fans from different <laughs> generations. It's just tiny, ninety seven to ninety nine. That's a tiny generation change. Yeah. But it can be a big gap of 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 I was nine when Phantom Menace came out, or I was eleven when Special Edition came out. For some people, and yeah, it's a different approach. And then you're thirteen when Phantom Menace comes out, you're a little different. Um. Those are some of the big challenges. Uh, I want to know how you first viewed those uh, versions. Of We've t- talked about it a little bit there, and and where are you with them now? Specifically special editions for you and I. We've talked a lot yeah. about the prequel stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. the special editions, like I mentioned, there were those moments that made me angry when people laughed at Darth Vader. How dare they? Uh, but that was, a, I think, the first time as an adult I had the a lot of the clerks conversations. I right. had like individual nerd friends, but having yeah. like almost everybody I was hanging out with, I, I was in a sketch comedy group and an improv group at the time. And then those conversations would all be about each movie that came out, which, which changes did you like, which yeah. changes did you not like? Uh, at the time there were a couple I didn't like. It, the, Luke has changed it back and forth, but there was a time where Luke yelled when he jumped right. off of cloud city. And I did not like that because mm. I felt like, it took away from the strength of his choice.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So like that was an example of something that really didn't sit with me well. Uh. But now I'm so used to them. I've watched them. Yeah. A bunch. The yeah. Absolutely. The original Greedo scene is the best. Absolutely. Yep. The, the eight different versions of Han digitally jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> All that uh, at this point and just like, you know what? It's look at the joy that was created from McClunky online. <laughs> I still, still love McClunky. McClunky. I still love it. The mystery of McClunky. The yeah. the, the the just bizarreness of McClunky. And at this point, there are, there are versions. There are things in there I love. I love seeing the wampamore more in the Wampa cave. Yes, I absolutely would never want it changed for myself in Return of the Jedi. Seeing the other places in the galaxy and getting that mm-hmm. sense that no, this is this means that the entire galaxy. Believes they can throw off the yep. the boot of the empire from their neck, and I love uh, every time I watch Return of the Jedi, watching them pass that stormtrooper around the crowd and the yep. in the statue of Palpatine falling. Some stuff I love. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I like how you kind of said it's just it, it just is now. I, I still have my original VHSs. I have a VHS player. I don't put them in. I don't, I, I lived it. I need it. Uh, and, and and I sometimes fans in our generation are like, I don't watch the special editions. Those aren't real. Like it is man. It is. And I get tired of the Han shot first jokes. Yeah. I, I think we all did. I even, I even had the t-shirt Yeah, that, that Lucas wore too. I still, I think I still have it. Um, and I think that, I think the movie solo dealt with that very well. Yep. And I, you know, all that aside, yep, there's some things. Uh, Jedi rocks is probably a low point for me still, <laughs> but the Wampa, Cloud City, the re, uh, re- reworking of you know the the snowspeeders don't fly, uh, you know, or, or, or the you can't see the walkers through the snowspeeders right. uh, consoles anymore. Like a lot of those things, it didn't take away my enjoyment. It's there, um, but it was it, it was it was you know I was re- I was one of those fans like oh they're gonna do probably the deleted scene with Jabba. And then to get it, and then he walks over him in the weird because they have to get her. <laughs> like I, I was, I was disappointed. I was disappointed, and I had to let go of some of that stuff. And now, just like you, now.
2: Biggs shows up, man. Like, yeah, you get
1: more with Biggs. Yeah,
2: and get that emotional yeah. connection. Yeah, and I, I, I'm happy to always be able to watch the original Clive Revel, uh, Marjorie yep. Eaton, Chimpanzee, <laughs> <Amber>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's it. I will always want to. Be, I have those discs from 2006 that came with yep. the special edition, and then the not uh, totally unmastered uh, original editions. But I, I have them on DVD, so I can watch them yeah. if I want. But I love. Ian McDermott, I love tightening up oh, yeah. of that that battle between Vader and Palpatine about yeah. who's seducing Luke and who's killing Luke and all that.
1: Yeah. And Great the, stuff. And the prequels we have, uh, I think we've documented enough here, and we we've, will document again. We've talked about it We've a talked bit, about yeah. it a little bit there. A couple questions left here to go. Hey, the Force Center motto, speculate responsibly, uh, kind of seemed to rise out of the ashes of the Episode eight discourse, uh, but we here at Force Center, you know, we have grand, we 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 too had grand expectations, we had wants, we had predictions that didn't happen, and talked about that Starkiller base thing going into uh, Force Awakens, but especially going into eight, uh, a lot of things... Some things we got right. Some things, some <laughs> things around here we do get right because I think we're tied into the themes. You, 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 you especially are tied into these themes, and it's easy to sometimes not predict, but just to follow the natural progression of the story. Um, but there were some things, man. I'm, I'm a, so, a still Saunders ignite the green guy. Yeah. I was, I was all about that's the one thing I did. It didn't happen. Coming out of that, I wasn't with you the first time I saw this one. I was with other friends and other people. And to feel the disappointment off of people's souls. Right. Or the, even the confusion, confusion. right? Confusion. I, yeah, I was a little confused. Um, how did you deal with some of that stuff? Because that, that led directly, again, to speculate responsibly.
2: Yeah. I think uh, two things. I think what, what took me by surprise in Last Jedi was the tone. Yeah. And I remember sitting in a the theater because you, you and I and Jennifer had speculated a lot about Hux and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, uh, Donald Gleason had, uh, had that quote of like some really surprising things I didn't expect with Hux. Yeah. And I think we had spun off into his relationship oh. with Kylo. And oh, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. and it turns out, oh, they, they just kind of went for it a little bit of, of playing him as more of a character where we're going to show his kind of craven evilness
1: mm-hmm.
2: and a lack of imagination through comedy. Yeah. And I wasn't ready for it. And I I think it was just taking a deep breath and literally just seeing it again the next day. Mm-hmm. And then after I got past the shock of, I wasn't expecting that tone. Then I could see the reason behind the tone. And now I love that joke mm-hmm. because it isn't just a dumb phone joke. It's showing who the character is. It's showing mm-hmm. who Poe is. It's the battle between good and evil, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that, and then I also think with other things I wanted is... Being happy that I got what I wanted from a different point of view than I expected. Yes. So I remember going on about wanting Luke to have gone to the island for a proactive reason Mm. and wanting it to maybe he didn't just run away. Maybe he's studying Jedi Mm. artifacts to help win the battle or have a different perspective. And like, well, he did go there for a proactive reason. He thought it was he thought the Jedi were making things worse. Uh, You know, know. and I also remember saying a bunch, I want Luke to do an amazing force thing. Mm -hmm. And that one wasn't, uh, I loved the projection from the beginning, but there's that part of me when he walked out Mm -hmm. and like, is he going to ignite the green here? Is it going to be the thing that has been in (sighs) versions of comic books and talked about? Is he going to wave his hand and they're all just going to tip over? Yeah. You know, I had that like, Uh, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But then when he was massively powerful, Mm. but in a way that I hadn't expected, but made perfect sense to me as a fan of toss the saber aside, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, I was happy that I got what I predicted, you know, and desired in a way I did not predict. Yeah. Or in a way I did not expect. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, keeping your mind open to you might have actually got the thing that you wanted and maybe you didn't even see it or feel it because maybe it came in a really different package than you expected.
1: It just yeah, uh, that's well said because you know that, that the the death of Luke yeah, it's like I wanted I wanted him to join the fight, and that's it, it was so looking back at like how how did I think that would work? How did, and this is the argument I get even of my best friend like how did I think he was just going to take the blade and run down the hill? Yeah. Let's go. Who would he be if he had just been What like, you're right. All right, let's Slaughter go down. Town. Let's go down. Oh, wait, I got to train you, right? Are the Knights of Ren coming on a ship? Because remember, we heard that leak. Yeah. Knights of Ren are coming on a ship, and there's a big fight on that island. So I think for me, the biggest lesson, the reason I think I, I really f- fell in line with the Speculate Responsibly was um, I think I let myself get caught up in the the rumors, the and I wasn't, I'm st- I never do the leaks and, you know, never do too much, but just you hear enough and especially in our line of work of getting caught up and then thinking, out thinking the story or how, and, and and you talk about engage with the story presented to you, but just being able to sit back and, and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. None of that. I'm not, there's a reason I'm not paid to write this script and, and let me just <laughs> see and then and not miss what's presented to me because I at one point was forced to do a ray theory video for my old job and it made me very uncomfortable but I did it but I also got so wrapped up into it I thought oh yeah I think I solved it and it's like we're not why am I watching this to solve something yeah I'm watching this to learn from it and celebrate and be entertained by it yeah you can go do sudoku <laughs> yeah yeah solve it so anyways that's kind of where we're we're at and yeah we ought to come out and I always say don't just rush to twitter yeah. Just think about it first. Final thought here, final thought here. You know Force users are trained to let go. Search their feelings, listen to the will of the Force, let go of attachments. The same could be said for being a positive Star Wars fan because uh, we you, we just we talked about it. let go of some of your expectations, let go of the dark side when something doesn't go your way or when someone else has a different point of view. Uh Joseph, you're really tied in and tapped into the Jedi mindset here. <laughs> what would Yoda, Obi-Wan or any of the Jedi? It could be uh Kit Fisto, Tin, Uh what would they talk about? Uh, what would they teach about the Path to positivity and seeking being positive,
2: yeah, I mean I think I think a lot about yoda's various uh lessons to Luke in the Empire Strikes Back, but the ones that really resonates with me is just the difference between the dark side and the light. Yoda mm-hmm. is not negating the dark side. the yep. dark side is a part of the galaxy it's a part of all of us, but it is not more powerful it's just more powerful if you if you let it the specifically. It's quicker, easier, more seductive, quicker to join you in a fight. Hmm. That is something that a wise Muppet said in 1980. But it could easily be something that just a mentor tells you about social media in 2020. I almost feel like Yoda is talking to Twitter when he Mm -hmm. says the dark side is quicker, easier, faster to join you in a fight. And it's there. It's real. You can use it but he tells Luke that you'll know the difference between the dark side and the light when you're calm at peace, passive. Mm. And I I struggled with passive as a kid. Like, well, what does that mean? Does he just let people do whatever. And for me, it just means at this point, like taking deep breath and deciding when you need to engage, Mm. when you absolutely need to act. And, I think that freedom of letting go of if I see somebody say something that I really disagree with, Mm. or even if a part of the movie really upsets me and it's valid, I don't need to lash out in anger immediately. Mm. I can take a deep breath, meditate, and I will know. I think we all know that. We all know the difference between how we act when we're angry versus, yeah, I took a deep breath. I got a good night's sleep. <laughs> and now that problem looks a little different or feels yeah. a little different. Uh, that's really powerful to me. And for letting go, I think the idea that there is a power in my opinion does not need to be changed by anybody else's mm-hmm. opinion. There's the, you know, people can point out to you flaws. Mm. And uh, as you've uh, demonstrated well and talked about, there are parts of star Wars that we have a problem with, you know, mm. I, for a long time, I didn't like the Tusken Raiders presentation because it does have in attack the clones in particular, because it, mm. it does feel like it's talking about real world things in a, in a mm. way I don't agree with, you know, mm. and, and I liked it when Filoni right. gave the Tusken Raiders sides of things. So th- there are like legitimate things that I've got a problem with mm. in star Wars. And sometimes because of the way they comment on the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just the thing, like, Rise of Skywalker. Some people wanted it to go this way. It went away that I liked. Mm. I think the power in being passive is I can, I can hear why you don't like it. I can consider it. But nothing has to stop me from just saying, my joy was my joy. Mm-hmm. I don't need to prove that it was good. I went and saw the movie and it was joyful to me. And at a certain point, the negativity feels like there's all this blaster fire coming at you, and you're not mad. You're not angry. <laughs> you're just the, the lightsaber is just blocking them it's the because flag. it's it's not about you. You're not angry. It, this uh, anger is coming at you, mm. but the anger doesn't have to be your truth. Just block, block, block. Mm. The shots stop coming. Deignite ignite the lightsaber. Walk away what? and smell a flower. <laughs> Watch a Star Wars movie. That's the power. The power is yeah. The, the anger's coming at me, but just Jedi knowledge and defense. And I continue on my path in my conviction yeah. of my perspective, my joy. I hear your anger, but it's not going to dissuade me from yeah. my path. You can't change your path sometimes. I love that. Great. Great
1: stuff. Yeah. For me, it's uh, I, I, I. that, that tweet I'd put out of, of, of Yoda, you know, and Luke, you know, what's in there, only what you take with you. Uh, it, it goes to the expectations, but also just what I, – I think you said something earlier of, of talking about Last Jedi of you actually did get what you want, wanted. It just wasn't the way you thought it would come across. Yeah. And for myself, for a reminder of going into Solo was a great example where this worked for me of I'm not going in with my – what I n- need Solo to be. I'm going to go in and, and and see what Solo is. And I think a lot of that – this last movie, I think a lot of people – probably got some of the answers they wanted they just are so angry they're not seeing it <laughs> yeah and that's because they showed up with i'm not just talking about film critic baggage i think some of their own personal baggage at times can be we can drag those into movies because we need something out of it which doesn't mean it's always going to be 100 percent right for you and, and sometimes it is wrong. You know, you and I are like, yeah, yeah, yeah Kelly Marie Tran should be around a little more. or there's some things there? Absolutely. You know, how can you watch the you prequels sh- and go, well, that was an interesting voice choice. <laughs> uh, you know? Uh, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> some
2: hard to ignore, <laughs> you know, valid criticisms of uh, some of the voice yeah. choices in, in Phantom Menace, for uh, sure. Uh,
1: for sure. Um, I just, I just, that's the lesson I would take from the Jedi. What, what, what's in there? Only what you take with you. And if you're not careful, you're going to ignite the red and it's never going to be enough for you. You're going to slice and dice everyone who got joy out of this until you are left (laughs) to be a withering husk of negativity. (laughs) So that's where we're at. That's the path to positivity. That's how Force Center got to this point. yeah. That and Iger sends us a check each week. <laughs> uh, lies, deception,
2: lies, deception. Lies, deception. Uh, that uh, is, uh, thank you for yeah. for uh, these all these great questions and leading us through this topic. Oh, this a pleasure. Awesome,
1: uh, pleasure. Uh, yeah, you uh, you do it so well, but uh, you know you you were uh, uh, in the TARDIS this weekend. So <laughs> I was in the TARDIS, in the TARDIS. Is that how it works? Just in the TARDIS. <laughs> you can be in the TARDIS. It's, in the tar- it's big in there.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, from there, we're gonna go
2: uh, keep with the positivity with the power of the light side. This is our Patreon fueled segment. That is right. Uh, We have asked our patrons for a reason that they love Star Wars or something in Star Wars they love, and we've got a great one this week from Will Culbertson. Will says, It was January 31st, 1997. My friends and I had just gotten out of high school that day and ran over to the closest theater to stand in line for the first evening showing of the Star Wars A New Hope Special Edition. We were really, really hoping that we could claim the beloved nerd prize of being first in line for this momentous occasion, Our dreams were shattered when we found that there was one other person who made it there before us, Mr. Baxter, our favorite science teacher. He proudly claimed that spot and we spent the next couple of hours huddled together nerding out with him. After he purchased his ticket, he was so excited that he ran up and down the theater, hands held high, Rocky Balboa style, (laughs) before doing a couple of cartwheels in the aisles and then settling into the best seat in the house. This was the moment that made me realize that I was going to be a lifelong Star Wars fan because if my teacher could carry that level of enthusiasm and childlike wonder into adulthood, then so could I. There there, you have it. Man. Exactly what you thats were, Yeah.
1: We were bringing up, we were talking about Kevin Smith and the clerks. That's why that, that moment and clerks, I think, is actually pretty important in, in terms of nerddom or fandom. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, you, you were an adult now. Yeah. You had a button up shirts and you took
2: your posters down. Yeah. I mean this is like this is Yoda truly wonderful the mind of a child is, right? Yeah. That the allowing that joy in, and this is such a great story from Will. Oh, I can just great. I can picture Mr. Baxter. It's just it's such an amazing uh you could write that and people would go, That's a little exaggerated, but it's the kind of thing that happens in real life. Like <laughs> We we lost our favorite seat and our our awesome science teacher yeah who's doing cartwheels. Mixed Baxter is a Star Wars nerd. You know <laughs> I hope I hope Mister Baxter is
1: uh, still with us. Uh, you know I don't know uh, what age she was in '97. He's doing cartwheels. Doing so he's In good shape. Spry. Good to go. Um, I would love to interview Mister Baxter. Uh, yeah. And say, hey, you were you were out there '97 front lines of nerddom when it wasn't cool. Yeah. And look what you did.
2: You yeah. Influenced the next generation. You loved it what so much hero. you had to do laps of the theater. Come on. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, Will Culbertson. We'll have some more Power of the Light side coming. We are going to wrap up today with some audience questions. Uh, We get some from social media and some from Patreon. So starting from Twitter, we have George Aldridge. And George asks, which background prequel characters would you have loved to be alive and seen in the sequels? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean.
1: Oh, God. I I was going to say. Because I've been seeing Opo, Opo Rancisis in, in The Clone Wars, and I forgot how much he is in The Clone Wars sitting there a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's sitting there a
2: lot. We've talked about
1: that. On um, his boingy little snake tail. i got to tell you, man, I am such a Dexter Diner fan. I, I Oh, my God. If in And he's talking about the sequels. George is talking about yeah. the sequels. But if you give me a Mandalorian Season 2 uh, cameo oh, or, or, or Cassian Andor.
0: Oh, yeah. And if you're to get to,
1: some information... Uh, yeah and, modernize and, and
2: and fix that tech oh and the, dex diner is in a CGI? bad place in uh, in the andor cassian andor series i'm yeah. all for it yeah that's good that's good so you got anybody who you think would be alive by the time of the sequels yeah um yeah that is tough
1: that is that is a, that is a ways away um <laughs> want <to get> <laughs> to i'll yeah. tell you what i'll tell you what rats tyrell's children Oh
2: yes, for the revenge of Rats. Tyrell. Yes, revenge of Rats Tyrell, unfairly murdered. Hmm. Yeah. Well, who knows? Uh, but, but I would I would go for my pod racing friend Team Toe Peglius. Oh, definitely. I would love that. Uh, he he would have been perfect to just be hanging out in uh, Maz Kanata's uh, bar. I also think it would have been awesome if, mm. with no explanation in The Rise of Skywalker, they're going back to Babu Frick's workshop. You know, <laughs> we we get to see uh, John Williams, and then we also see C.O. Bibble. inexplicably alive maybe he's got like some like tech on his face (laughs) yeah yeah. you know the chest unit and he's a little bit of a cyborg co bibble Cyborg yeah
1: it's outrageous (laughs) it's
2: outrageous yeah i would have loved that moving on nick field asks since the announcement is approaching what do we want project luminous to be i don't it's a great question, Nick. Uh,
1: I don't know if at this point I can separate myself from what I think is facts. Yeah. It's <laughs> just the High Republic era, especially the, we were talking about how it just keeps popping up in the new comics.
2: Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> heard from various sources that yeah. it's going to be the, this uh, High Republic, yeah. you know, 400, 500 years before I mean, Phantom Menace.
1: Ca- characters in, in the comic books have literally been turn to the camera, going, have you heard of the High Republic era? It's where Jedi expansion was at a <laughs> activity was that a,
2: a fever pitch? Um, they settled some s- ho- difficult parts of the galaxy. <laughs> that sounds exciting, doesn't it, readers? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's not subtle. It's not subtle. However, uh, when this first came
1: out, we were really focused on the Force. Uh, I was really, me and Van William, friend of the show, Frequent guest. we were like, gotta be like a 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back related thing. Uh, in my brain, I'm still 2% thinking that's it. It's not, but maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah. And maybe we'll get something else to specifically celebrate yeah, okay. uh, Empire. But yeah, if it is indeed the High Republic, yeah. I am really excited for having more stories of uh, the... Government is is basically working. yeah, the Jedi uh, order is basically working. Mm. But if they're going to get a lot of conflict from, we're exploring more parts of the galaxy. We're expanding. We're e- encountering mm. species and in, in in different points of view that we haven't that that's just such a great crucible to put Jedi in as characters, mm. an individual Jedi with different backgrounds, different perspectives, different takes on the Jedi code mm. and see how they navigate being Jedi. So there's just, there's great setup for adventure and morality. And I'm also excited if it is just a big playground mm. of, this is a generally defined area, yep. but we got years and years in either direction where you're not going to run into anything. Mm. Kevin Scott, you can do that, Yeah. You can make up your modern version of dash Rendar and you can go crazy with him for, Years and you can tell his whole lifespan and it won't touch anything else Mm. unless we choose to have interaction. You know, if it's just this big playground, in a way it's this modern Disney era of Star Wars kind of getting back to the spirit of Mm. the old expanded universe of the legends of these books can just spin off in whatever direction the creators choose. Yeah.
1: I think that's smart, too. I
2: think that's smart. You get us a new territory, less attachment. Yeah, <laughs> less attachment. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to Patreon. Thanks for those questions, George and Nick. Uh, we got a question from Joshua Thorne. Joshua says, what do you think Ahsoka's reaction was the first time she heard the name Luke Skywalker mentioned in the rebellion? Which form of media would you like to see this piece of canon come through?
1: I mean, I think she's whatever she's eating or drinking, she drops. (laughs) You think this is a a, a dropped food or a spit take? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, this is great. This is a great question, Joshua. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that in a nice book Uh, or an animated series. Yay. Maybe she's out in the unknown regions with Ezra and somehow word gets back. You
2: hear they blew up the Death Star. Some kid named Luke Skywalker. Spit take. Yeah. Um, her timeline is is a little ambiguous because of the world between worlds. The question of yeah, did she emerge at the same point? Did she stay on Malachor mm-hmm. Was she cut off from the galaxy, which is why she isn't active. You know, yes. we don't know exactly what happened to her between walking out of the world between worlds back into malachor to awesome white robe cool staff having (laughs) ahsoka so we don't know exactly if 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 it is like she walked out of she walked back onto malachor but skipped didn't exist right during the galactic civil war and she walks out and everybody's like hey hey there's this legend you know jedi jedi knight luke skywalker yeah saved his father and Anakin yeah. Skywalker and, and killed the Emperor. And Ahsoka's like, what? Yeah. I,
1: and I think she would want to go talk to him. I think you and I've talked about, we, I, I am in the camp of, I don't, I don't want nor need Luke and Ahsoka before meeting, talking, knowing, knowing of each other before it's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, preserving Luke being kind of the last hope there. Um, But down the line. Yeah. How could they not down the line they, or have them talk about it?
2: Yeah, to have the the opportunity to have a basically a uh, Anakin Skywalker you group counseling session you know what, between I'd, Luke, Ahsoka, Leia. I'd want it as a stage play. <laughs> Just have Mark Hamill
1: and 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 you know ashley Eckstein, if you want i you know there's always much always talk about if they do a live action version of who it would be i don't think it would be ashley but um put them just a a two-act stage play yeah (laughs) one-on-one yeah talking about that
2: yeah i i there have been rumblings rumors that that maybe that there will be a series an animated series continuing where the clear cliffhanger at the end of rebels you don't need rumblings or rumors to uh to guess that that might happen. Cause the end yeah. of rebels is basically a cliffhanger yeah. for those characters. Uh, so I think we might hear about it there, but you make a great point. I would love an audio adventure with Mark Hamill and Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. So we could hear them meeting oh, that'd be good. for the moment of Ahsoka actually hearing it. I, I, I imagine like a sort of bittersweet joy
1: mm-hmm.
2: and kind of yeah. marveling at the force of like, mm. yeah, of, definitely. of course family is what saved him. And of course he wasn't really gone. And, It has to be uh, joyful and bittersweet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, We can say something. No, 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 no. Just great stuff. Moving on to Jeremy Klein. Jeremy Klein says in The Rise of Skywalker. I never really questioned how Kylo got from Kef Beer to Exegol. I guess I just assume he ordered a pickup from the first order and then took a ship from there. I recently heard a theory that the ship he took to Exegol was one from the Death Star 2. This would create a continuity problem since the old ties famously don't have hyperdrives, not to mention nothing in the ruins looks particularly usable. What do you think?
1: It's a Great question. I don't think about these things ever. I know, <laughs> I know some people do, and maybe you run certain websites with dings, uh, against the films. I don't know. Um, and it sounds like Jeremy's in the same boat of just like, yeah, I don't know, he, he's there. I think I know he's switched, he's turned, he's had the interaction with his father's memory, but I think he can fake it enough to be like, I need, I need a TIE fighter right now. Yeah, um, as far as something on the Death Star, look. You're right. Ties don't have hybrids, But who knows what Palpatine had being built down there? Oh, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something preserved by the salt water in the sea that we don't <laughs> know about that he could get there. Because I'm trying to think, is he does show up an x in a TIE fighter, right? It's a TIE fighter. And it is,
2: because uh, I saw this debate yeah. before the last time I saw it, it is an, old, an imperial class. It's not a first order TIE. It is, right? Yeah, because it's it's the old school X Wing and the old school old TIE school fighter tie sitting. Fighter. Yeah, yeah it, that's a great one. It absolutely could have been a prototype. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, the headcanon I like here is that he absolutely used some version of a tie from the Death Star 2, because that just makes uh, sense. Um, and I just feel like Ben Solo has returned to the light. Mm. He is the son of Han Solo. Yeah. He is the grandson of amazing mechanic Anakin Skywalker that's true I kind of don't mind that he's just like Mm. I know where she's going I know she needs me Mm. if I want to live up to my mother of what she stood for what she fought for I have to get myself to Exegol to me this could be like a great one-shot comic of even you know Ben reaching out into the force and just willing machinery to come together (laughs) and building his own uh hyperdrive
1: Star Wars. Ben builds a tie fighter.
2: Star Wars. Ben builds. Yeah, this is. I'm basically pitching what happens in Lego Star Wars. Yes. But. uh, (laughs) But yeah, and maybe got help from Company 77. That would be an interesting conversation. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Can you help me? Uh, Yeah, I was evil a few minutes ago, but I'm cool now. Look at look at my charming smile. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, uh, I know you guys know me as Kylo, but yeah, I I, I, I understand the concern about the continuity problem, but I think uh, I see this one as an opportunity to tell a fun story. Uh, that's what, That's what we love about a lot of the new Star Wars stories. More stories could be... rolling out of there. We'll get this story one day, Jeremy. That is right. So, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, George. That is just about it for us. We got
1: some plugs, right? We are almost out of here. Plugs, indeed. If you have a thought on today's episode, want to share some of your own joy, uh, some of your experiences on the path to positivity, you can reach out on Twitter at 4 Pod, Like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Podcast available in a lot of spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We have merged, tpublic.com slash user slash 4Center. Get that Murder Bear T-shirt and press Jennifer. All right, do that. <laughs> uh, and we got uh, a Patreon page, Joseph, where uh, they can support us. We're making uh, new uh, new music on the
2: way for uh, Star Wars Ranked, hopefully soon. Nice, yeah, nice, yeah. So, and uh, more news coming uh, as we have crossed some goals. And you can see if Patreon is for you by going to Patreon.com/slash Force Center.
1: Personal plug time. This is what we do outside of Star Wars. Uh, I got some comedy coming up, some dates with uh, Mr. Mark Ellis. And now Josh Makuga, March 6th in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay House of Blues, March 6th, 7 p.m. show. Go to markellislive.net for tickets. You can link to that from kennapsock.com if you want to as well. You, sir, uh, you were just busy and you're not stopping. <laughs> yes,
2: I'm going to get busy again. Uh, I have my game night variety show that I do every month with my friend uh, Laser Weber. We've got one of those coming up at the end of February uh and also my the most recent episode of my other podcast obsessed is an interview with James Arnold Taylor uh, about all of the different voices he has done in Star Wars mm. and kind of his his relationship with being uh now a, a he is one with the force he will always be one with Star Wars because he is sure. so ingrained and has a big comeback here uh with uh, playing Obi-Wan in the final season of the clone wars so a really fun conversation with james he's a great guy that's on my podcast obsessed You find out about shows podcasts everything else on my website at josephsgrimshaw.com. and you can find me on social media as at joseph that's it for me that's it for him
1: that's it for me for jennifer for all the ewoks and for all of you positive fans thanks for being on this journey with us we'll see you next time this was force center